2021, as all of the years before it, is done and in the books. But what were the best and worst movies released in 2021? I'm Mike. And I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Popscorn, the fans statement, we review podcast, and today we are going over all the movies that we have watched in 2021. The last 12 months have been very interesting because the cinemas have been reopening. A lot of things that have got delayed were just kind of casually thrown out this year, so there was a good number of films released this year. Some were casually thrown out, some were really harshly chucked. Um, (laughs) Abandoned, if you will. Get fucked. Um, Um, But yeah, it's been a lot. I'm still Mike, by the way. I'm still Darren. Welcome um, to the end of the year. Happy New Year. Woo! Darren. Happy New Year to you too, Mike. Um, we got there. It's a much better top 10 than it was last year. Yep. Uh, I managed 33 movies this year. And I managed 55 if you're counting one short film, which it was treated like a big release, so I'm counting it. Fair enough. Which we'll get to later. So obviously. Yep. Before we get into anything else. Yep. Those were the movies we did see. We're going to talk all about them. We what are. about the movies we didn't see? And there was a lot of them. Are you ready? I am ready. It's everyone's favourite time of the year. Here comes Little Spanish Flea, and here comes every movie we didn't watch this year. Here we go. Life Spirit, Tom and Jerry, Cherry, Coming to America, Escape from Pretoria, The SpongeBob Movie, Sponge on the Run, Chaos Walking, First Cow, Drive My Car, Army of the Dead, Spiral, A Quiet Place Part 2, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, Wish Dragon, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, F9, Werewolf Spin, Bad Luck Banging, or Looney Point. Tomorrow War, The Boss Baby, Family Business, The Forever Purge, Space Jam and New Legacy, Escape Room, Tournament of Champions, Snake Eyes, Vivo, Don't Breathe 2, Paw Patrol, The Moon, <laughs> Candyman, Everyone's Talking About Jamie, The Many Saints of Newark, The Adams Family 2, Halloween Kills, The Last Jewel, The French Dispatch, Red Notice, Clifford the Big Red Dog, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, Sing 2, Spencer, Belfast, Power of the Dog and The Matrix Resurrection. That's a lot and a lot of big movies that we missed. I'm not really all that sad I missed a lot of these. Like, like I'm annoyed that I... Am I annoyed I didn't see Space Jam? Um, (laughs) It's a question you've got to ask yourself, isn't it? horrendous. Like, I had planned to watch Adam Family 2, but then the reviews were... Dog shit. Fucking horrendous. And that's some people who didn't... I I liked the first one and people didn't, so I feel like I'm already fucking counterbalancing that. So, no. um, I... Power of the Dog, because we're, we're recording this on December 30th. December 20th. So, oh, yeah, no, December 30th. 30th. You are right. So we have one day left if we want to cross any of these off. Yeah. Power of the Dog is getting such good buzz. It's high up there. That I might eventually watch it. I haven't seen Kingsman yet, so I might get to see that before the end of the year. But like Matrix Resurrections is getting real bad reviews. Did you see, like, it had the perfect trilogy of it got 69% tomato meter, 69% audience score, and then it made 69 million. Oh, that's nice, nice, nice. That is nice. nice. nice but that's nice. Also, that's very middling. Yeah, that's not good, is it? It's 
third at the moment in the box office. Ouch. Yeah, not Jesus. doing not doing well. Spider-Man and something else is is beating this no problem. Oh boy, uh, are you not sad you missed out on Clifford the Big Red Dog? I didn't even know that was coming out this Jack year. Jack Whitehall's American accent. Sorry, Jack Whitehall's voicing the dog. No, Jack Whitehall's in the movie. Oh, okay. no one. No, Clifford doesn't. Clifford doesn't talk. I don't think. Hmm. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, a lot. I didn't actually count them, but that's a fair fucking. Myth. That's more than either of us have watched. I don't feel we've missed any like major ones. Like I don't we're, think... not fa- we're not Fast and Furious people. No. Like because that's and bit... ultimately would that ever trouble our top ten? Thank God no. Quiet Place, I feel like, is getting a bit of an institution now, but uh, so I don't really feel there's anything on there that I'm like, I'm depressed, I didn't see Schnur. It's like you say, Pair of the Dog. You know, if I can go into Oscar Watch for a moment. Pair Oscar of the, Watch. Oscar, do, 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 I need, like, very dramatic 90s <laughs> TV show music. Um, Pair of the Dog's getting good buzz, as you know. Uh-huh. Um, there was talk that we were going to get, so Paul Thomas Anderson's newest movie, Licorice Pizza, is now coming out New Year's Day. Is that the Barbra Streisand movie? Uh, I don't think it is. It is, however, the director of Phantom Thread, so I know I'm going to have a shit time there. Uh, what else is getting buzz? Oh, Drive My Car. We don't know if we've included it, but we don't know if it's actually been released in the UK yet. It's a Japanese movie, so you'd be surprised that I've not fucking seen it. And yeah, there's there's a lot of films, a lot of weird films. Come On, Come On with Joaquin Phoenix is getting a lot of buzz, but Joaquin's just one, so it doesn't really make much sense. Mm-hmm. Um Weirdly, the ones that are leading the charge, we've actually seen some of them. Who knew? Have we? Yeah. Like, fucking... Um, oh, I, I need, we'll ask the question later on because I don't know if you've seen this particular one. But one of them getting big buzz and I'm very excited about it. Cool. So, let's start, as is tradition, yep. by going through, you know, 30 seconds to a minute on each movie that we saw, starting with February. No, January, obviously. Uh, let's go for it. I, mean, I have got nothing in January. You've got nothing Not in January. Thing. So, just to, if, you, if it's your first time listening to Family Entertainment, welcome. What was your favourite episode this year? Thank you for following us. Love you. Um, like yeah, I, I enjoyed that What If intro as well. <laughs> Wasn't it wonderful? <laughs> we had um, some good intros this year. We had year. some banging intros. <laughs> um, so, what we usually do is, we will go for everything in chronological order, um, starting in January, and work it back. Now, if we've got a full review for it, we won't bother. You can go and listen to our full fucking review on it on the web website which i'd say is about 50 percent of the ones we're going to talk about today pretty much yeah thereabouts um if one of us has seen it they get a full minute to talk about that movie uh if both have seen it we get 30 seconds uh and then at the end of the episode we'll give you our bottom five worst movies and our top 10 favorite movies but we won't necessarily go into a lot of depth about them because we probably have already talked about them mm. so strap in uh, how many have you got in January? I have five. Fuck me, right? Yeah, I'll give you five minutes. Five minutes. I'll buzz you when uh, when it's appropriate. Okay, Um Are you ready, Maggle? I am ready. Three, two, one, go. First movie of the year was White Tiger, which is a very enjoyable drama. Um, it concerns uh, these. So there's a, a guy who wants to be a driver for a rich family in India. That mm-hmm. guy is played by um, Adarsh Gaurav. Uh, he's quite good, actually. Um, Priyanka Chopra Jones is also in the movie, and she's mm. very good. The cast, overall, is quite good. This was nominated for an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. Obviously, I've not read the book, so I can't tell you how good of an adaptation it is. Mm-hmm. It certainly held my interest, but at no point was it troubling the top ten. Right. Um, it's it's hard to, to describe what it gets wrong, because what it does right is quite you know wealthy i think it's quite quite shot and lit very well mm-hmm. they do a good job of showing you know the two sides of the coin between the poverty and the uh, you know the overabundance of wealth mm-hmm. um that means i've got eight seconds yes. left of this 
it's worth a watch, but there are more interesting movies coming out now. So maybe. Beep. Uh, One Night in Miami. Oh, boy, did I not like this movie. I just need to double check. Uh, no, we're not going to be talking about it later on. So that's fine. Um, you put four of the most interesting black men of the 60s in a room together. And it's somehow fucking boring. This is the Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X. Uh, the guy, Jim something, who who's a baseball player. Yeah, yeah I know you mean. And the other one. <laughs> oh, shit. See, this is the problem. Is I it Sammy Davis Jr.? Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. Um, is it him? No, know. it's fucking... Oh, shit. It's the, it's the guy from Hamilton plays him. What's his fucking name? Sam Cooke. There, there we go. you go, right. There we go, Sam Cooke, yeah. Sam Cooke is the best character, which you would not think of. No, the fact that I not. The guy was in the movie. Um... But it's just fucking boring. And you get scenes either side of this, you know, hour and a half glut of them stuck in a room that are okay, but fuck me, does it sag. Next. Uh, Pieces of a Woman. Um, This was uh, released in America last year. We got it on Netflix this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fuck me, is it heroin? Uh, It starts with a miscarriage and then only gets sadder. Oh, good. Um, So it's pretty i mean that opening sequence is about 10 minutes long and it is one one shot in quotations right. and it's very well done that is unfortunately the best bit ah. after that it is very depressive mopey scenes uh, of shia labeouf and vanessa kirby um it's actually not bad by shia like i actually was on shia's side more than anybody else because it does kind of and it goes off the rails a little bit towards the end uh, this is, it's purely because it becomes a legal drama when it could have been a bit more emotive. And I say that as it, you can't just put people in a room crying and expect me to feel something. You have to explain, you know, what's going on and have people talk. And the talking is what is absent in this movie. This is another maybe. Beep. Uh, Quo Vardis Ida um, was a uh, candidate for the best international movie at the Oscars in 2021. It did not win. It should have been part of that conversation, though, for potential winning, because I actually thought it was very good. This is a Bosnian movie. Um, I can't remember exactly which it, which insurgency it concerns, um, but it does concern the invasion, I think, of Serbia into Bosnia. Right. Um, and, hell, yeah, it keeps the tension up for the whole thing. It takes place in kind of like, this airfield, airbase, army base thing, and like the the Bosnians are over there. Right. They've got big fucking guns, and they don't care about killing all the Serbs. Sweet. So that's pretty fucking cool. Um, and it's about a translator for the UN. So it's a it's actually like a multi language movie. You get like three or four different languages in this movie, mm-hmm. and it keeps attention up. She's like she's only concerned with getting a family out, even though as working for the UN, she should be concerned about getting everybody out. I really recommend this one. Please give this one a chance. The Dig was also released at the tail end of January, uh, directly to Netflix for us, but I think they did release it in cinemas to go and get an Oscars pop. I don't think it worked out for them. So you got Ralph Fiennes uh, and... Oh my God, she was in uh, Promising Young Woman. Her. Yes. Oh my God, what's her name? Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Um, So I've actually got quite a bit of a connection to this movie um, because this concerns the Anglo-Saxon horde... um, Mm. Not the one that was found in Staffordshire, which is the one that, you know, is in our museums in Birmingham. Yeah. So before that, it was Sutton Hoo, where they found a big Viking longboat yeah, yeah. and pieces of gold and all that. So, you know, this is something I actually have somewhat intimate knowledge about mm. from working in museums. And i got to say, they really got that sense of discovery right. in the movie. It's a bit dry at times. 
But I think the dynamic between, you know, the man who just wants to find cool shit yes. and the, the woman who's going through several problems and is distracting herself with this longboat that has appeared in her land mm-hmm. is really quite interesting. It's very British. It is quintessentially British. Right. And that might put some people off. There's a lot of people not talking about the feelings. But there's a right. very sweet friendship between the two central characters as well as the mountain pressure to get this thing excavated. That was really quite fun. It's a recommendation. Sweet. Thankfully, for your sake, that is the only month where I have no movies. Ah. So we are now sharing the fucking load um, as we go into February. Now, I care a lot. We have a full review of that. Yep. Fucking hate that Sure was a movie of two arms, wasn't it? Oh, Christ. All about shit in the fucking bed on that one. Um, But I have... I'm probably not going to need a minute, but I'll give myself anyway. (laughs) To all the boys I've loved before, three... (laughs) Forever and ever. Oh, God. But it's the most significant thing this film has done for my life is provide a potential song for Rachel to walk down the aisle to for her wedding. That, like, that's it. Like, <laughs> I have almost zero recollection about this. All the other two, to all the boys I've loved before ones. So the first one was a pretty straightforward concept of uh, this girl wrote love letters to people that she fancied and then all of them got out. Mm. And... Oh my god, she thought she was in love with this one, but it's actually this one that she loves. And I don't know what happened in the second one. <laughs> I watched that last year and I can't remember. And I'll be honest, I can't remember what happened in this one. <laughs> She's in Korea for a bit and they love each other, but but they really love each other because there's a question mark and then they might be broke up and then they don't. Um, the only funny thing to come out of this is the girl in it, I was like, oh, she'd be a really good Jubilee in X-Men movies. Turned out she was the Jubilee that was in, <laughs> um, that was in Apocalypse. Yeah. Cool. So that's that. <laughs> that's that one. I can time you, by the way. I've also. Oh, of course you've got time. Yeah. Sorry. That's me done for Feb. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, that's it. That's you done for February. I watched two movies. I have... And I disliked both of them. got th- four other movies to talk about. Oh, God. It's not quite Oscars, but, you know. Yeah. Don't worry. This, it, it gets better. This is, to be honest, this, is mostly, this one's mostly a recap of the Oscars. So, Tony, give me two minutes. 30, I'll give you two minutes. Seconds of peach. Boom. Um, so we talked about all of these movies before, but we'll start off with News of the World. It's a fairly serviceable Western. Um, Tom Hanks is fine in it. Um, I, I didn't really think that much of it afterwards, but at the time I thought the cinematography was quite well done. And I thought the direction was quite well done. The problem is, is that he does not stick in the memory very well. Mm. I've just seen it tick down over the 30 seconds, so I'm going to move on. Uh, United States... Good. Oh, I'm good. You got till Dev. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, United States versus Billy Holiday. Fuck me, I hated this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it has an incredible core performance at the centre of it, which was one of the nominees for Best Actress, um, Andra Day, um, playing Billy Holiday. And I understand every second of that because that performance is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that everything around it is utter shit. Right. Like none of the supporting cast are good. None of the sets are good. None of the costumes are good. There is a stupid dream sequence in the middle. Fuck me, I hate that film. Beep. The Mauritanian, I have a lot more positive to say about this. It just dropped out of the top ten. So that tells you how good this mm-hmm. is. It stayed in the, the top ten for the vast majority of this year. I think this movie will be challenging to American listeners because I don't think they're ready to hear about Guantanamo being bad yet. Right. But this story is phenomenally well told. It stars um, uh, Tahar Rahim, who was in The Serpent at the start of this year, Mm -hmm. um, as somebody who was interned in um, 
uh, Guantanamo. And it's about his story of getting out over the course of like 20 years. It's great. I've got to move on. Deep. Uh, Love and Monsters was up for a technical award at the Oscars this year. I believe it was Best Visual Effects. I thought this was a really charming little film. And I would say if you've got time and you don't want something that you have to engage with too, too much, mm-hmm. go for this. It's very, very warm, warm movie, even though it is about somebody crossing an apocalyptic wasteland to get from one base to the other to see his long distance girlfriend. And that premise shouldn't fucking work, but it so does. There is a great central um, relationship between those two and their communication over this long distance. There's a good dog in the film as well. And I always like it when there's a good dog in the film. And the monster design is really fucking good. The end is... Kind of like that sequence could have been a little bit better directed action-wise, but otherwise, it's a recommendation. Sweet! Okay, that is February. We are motoring. March. Yep. Uh, Did we review Raya and the Last Dragon? We did. Ah, okay. I genuinely can't remember. So we've got four reviews for that and Godzilla vs. Kong. Yes. You can go and listen to. And uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I forgot about Zack Snyder's fucking Justice League. (laughs) Expunged that from my memory. Um, Right, so we've both seen Moxie. We have both seen Moxie, let's so have we'll some, start with that. Let's have some 30 seconds. Okay. Um, another film I can barely remember anything about. <laughs> so this is the one where someone discovers that their mum was a bit of a punk and ran like a punk magazine, and she's bringing it back because punk. And it succeeds. And <laughs> that's, that's very, it really doesn't stick around in the memory, does it? No. It's, one of those, it's one of those Netflix movies that just void of, of literally anything of any noteworthy good nor bad things and it passes without much of a impact it's on the worst list of the year for me oh. as well it's only at number eight on the worst list okay. of the year but at the same time fuck me this is like I say it's a void isn't it it's nothing it's <laughs> the most like paper thin representation of like the riot girl girl power yeah it really is it's spice girls level girl <laughs> power it's just it's <laughs> it might be as memorable as spice world when i think about it but oh god it wasn't good that had meat off as a bus driver rebel girl deserves more than this jesus it's just a feminism what spice girls were. <laughs> Corporate feminism is absolute best. Fucking is as well, isn't Lovely. it? Lovely. Right. Oh um, have, have you got many more for March? Uh, let me just double check. One, two, and two more outside of the ones we've already reviewed. So, Raya, it was fine. Godzilla, it was fucking great. More on that yeah, later. More on that later. Uh, Justice League, it was better but not good. <sighs> God, what a fucking. Sl- what a job. That was the only time it's ever felt like a job. Was watching Justice League. <laughs> I'm like, I am watching this for no benefit whatsoever, <laughs> but for the content. Yeah, actually, I've got to say more on that later for one of these. Okay. So you're going to be hearing more about Judas and the Black Messiah later in, on. In, later on in the show. Okie dokie. Uh, which means I've only got one more to cover in March. Okie dokie. I'll give you a minute to talk about Minari. Okay. It's a great movie. Again, it was uh, nominated for the 2021 Oscars. I think it was up for a lot of things including best picture. Um and it won a couple. I think it won two. Uh, it's very good. It's uh, it's about a Korean family that moves to America to start up a farm. Um they you know and about the trials and tribulations of, you know, this kind of a fish out of water family moving to America. But it is more about the uh the Alan Kim character whose name was bear with me uh David uh kind of coming to grips with conflicting cultures and as he goes to school and learns about the American way of life compared to the um 
the traditions, the Korean traditions brought over by his grandmother, played by Yoon Jo Young, who was fucking incredible and she deserved to win that Oscar. I can't wait to see her in more stuff. Um, this is a recommendation. It's a really nice, heartwarming movie with a real emotional, impactful end. Go for it. Lovely. Okay. That's March done. We roll on into April. Promising Young Woman. Do we do review that? We spoke about it in the Oscar movie. Should we we have 30 seconds, 15 each? Yeah. Um, In fact, you take the full 30 because we're talking about it later. Okie dokie. I will do that. Unless it's on your list. Is it on your list? No. No. Do you want to give me 30 seconds? Yes. I feel bad because it it was on there. And also something I slightly preferred. Mm. I, I, I might change my mind. I'm very changeable about what my number nine is. Mm. Number ten's a lock, but you know, it's a fantastic performance by Kelly Morrigan. It kind of holds its momentum all the way through, which is what these dramas can really fall down on. Uh, and it's a very interesting and still really poignant uh, message that he has to say about it. The ending, I'm, I'm not the massive fan of, but I I would still recommend it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. I am yeah. out of practice for talking about films. <laughs> we seconds. only do it once a year. Yeah. yeah, I do feel bad that 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 got kicked out mm. last minute, and it could still because I haven't watched it since like January. We got it down here for as a March release, sorry, an April release when you've got a cinematic release, mm. but it was on Sky Cinema's like January. Mm. So I think recency binds has helped the thing that's currently sat at number nine to get where it is. But interestingly, you know, all of the movies I've seen in April, we need to talk about later. Uh, I also need to talk about one of mine later as well on the worst I'm list. I'm guessing it's Nomadland. No. Okay. Because I didn't finish watching Nomadland, so I'm not uh, counting it. Um, no, it? it's Thunder Force. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Somehow not the worst movie I've seen this year. <laughs> oh, I can talk about one because we're not doing... Uh, I'm not doing the top half of the worst list. I'm not doing 10 through 6. Right, okay. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, just to let you know, we will also be talking about Sound of Metal later on. I want 30 seconds. 30 seconds. On Mortal Kombat. Oh! It's fucking bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Who would have known? They get one thing right, and that is introducing the gore. They made it an 18. Right. It's a gory movie. Uh-huh. Fine. Good. Kano's good. Yeah. Fine. Nothing else is good. Not a fucking thing. They don't actually do any Mortal Kombat in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> there is no tournament. They are preparing for the tournament. It's a lot of people walking across the earth just being cartoon characters. It's fucking dull. Oh my shit. Do you know get some like, cool Scorpion fights? And... Oh, Scorpion's in it. Right. At, at the end. Oh. They save him till the end. And he's the good guy now. But isn't he like a kind of... Well, he's a moral... literal demon, yeah. Uh, right. But no. Sub-Zero, is he... He's the villain. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Did we get some, like, cool fucking... Does What's-his-face turn up? Kung Lao does throw his hat. Right. Kung Lao throws his hat. Okay, good. Yeah. Somebody gets um, buzzsawed in half by his hat. Lovely. So that's it. Um, that's the y- best bit. Can you tell I'm a Tekken guy? Yeah. Um, okay. We don't talk about the Tekken movie. Mm-hmm. Fuck, we do not talk about the Tekken movie. You know what? What I want more than anything, I want the Ten Rings Disney Plus series that seems to be coming... Fucking just make that Tekken. Marvel Tekken. Yeah, just make that yeah. Marvel Tekken. Just fucking give that one bit in the middle of Shang-Chi that was kind of like that and just yeah. make a whole fucking TV series of that. Winner. That's how you introduce Iron Fist. That's how you introduce Iron Fist. Yeah. All your other Kung Fu geezers, you can just fucking throw them all in. Fucking Daredevil shows up. Nah. <laughs> Done. You'd fucking watch that. Yeah, I would. Um, Make that the Echo series. Yep. Um, okay. Okay, well, I can't talk about anything from May because... Um, 
and I'll just say them out loud now in case you want to do them. Mitchells versus the Machines. That's coming up later. Uh, Bo Burnham's Inside. That's coming up later. And Cruella. That's also good. Well, no, Cruella isn't coming up later for me. Hmm. I, I know it was coming on your... I'm guessing it's coming up on your worst list. Of course it is. <laughs> I, it was. It, it's hovered... It was in my top ten for a while. Because you'd seen ten films. No, I liked Cruella. <laughs> but we have a full review of it, so you We do have a full review. review Basically, I liked it. You really fucking didn't. Yeah. June... Uh, June, uh, I need to talk about The Father later on. Yeah. But the rest I'm happy to talk about. We did a review of Luca. I feel like we did a review I of Luca. I think we reviewed Luca. And In the Heights as well? We didn't do In the Heights. We did do a review of In we the Heights. We did not. Do... I need to double check this. I'm pretty sure we didn't. I'm pretty sure we didn't do In the Heights. I feel like we talked about... Well, let, let, let's, let's hold their opinions for a second. <laughs> I've got... I've got one that I can talk about in June whilst you're looking there if that's alright. Go ahead. I'm going to give myself a minute on... America the Motion Picture. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh, okay. So this is like this is coming from like the South Park style of things. It's a, it's like a piss take of the founding of America, but done by dude bros. What if George Washington was the ultimate dude bro and played by Channing Tatum? <laughs> um, it's really fun. It's real stupid, but it's really fun. The British do not come out looking great in it, but it's like yeah. I'm trying to think. It's like a Team America version of the founding of America. Oh, that sounds really yeah, fun. Yeah, it's it's real funny. It's real like light entertainment. It's it sometimes goes a bit like it stops being funny because it's just being too gory or just being too silly or whatever. But for the most part, it's a good time. I would hardly recommend it. It's on Netflix, so I, I I'd give it a go. And yeah, dude, bro, George Washington is hilarious. Cool. So yeah, give that a watch. <laughs> it's uh, it's Hamilton done by South Park. Yeah, sweet. I mean. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, yeah, I, 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 it hovered for a bit in the top ten, but eventually it just got pushed out. Mm. Um, but that's, uh, yeah. Have we got a review of In the Heights? We don't. We oh, did not fuck, review okay. In the Heights. Did we, we reviewed Luca though, right? We did review okay. Luca. Um, right. Well, I'll give you thirty seconds. Kick us off. I really like this, but I, this is very much the one that had to walk so Hamilton could run. Mm. And there is no better sense of that, given the spectacle in this does not match the limited spectacle in Hamilton. Mm. And I'm talking just about the films now. The shows themselves, there's some f- good music in this. I think the blackout sequence and song is the best bit in this show. It never once matches up to Hamilton, though. And mm. that is a problem that comes on that this was an earlier show by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It has 96,000, and that's about it. That's a good song. It has well. one fucking cornerstone song, which they also made a, basically a full trailer of. Mm. And it really doesn't come up. Yeah, you're right. Hamilton, I don't want to say that Lin-Man Miranda is a George Lucas, that he had one good idea and he smashed it once and has just been coasting off it ever since. <laughs> but yeah, you can tell that this is very much the inferior version of his musical. And because he doesn't want to adapt Hamilton to a full-fledged fucking thing, they gave him a pity of like, oh fuck, we, we want to employ you, the world's most employable man. Mm. You can do in the heights your little your little project you did. It's not bad, but it wasn't a great year for musicals. Mm. More on that later. Interesting. That's mm. an interesting setup. Um, I can't talk about Monster Hunter yet. Okay. Because that needs to be spoken about later. Okay. Um, I can talk about another round though. If you give me uh, how many do you need, I'll take thirty. Thirty seconds. Yep. Okay, okay. Go. It was a worthy winner of the um, best international feature. I get it. I really quite liked it. The direction by Thomas Vinterberg. What film? Sorry, so another round. Oh, okay. So I thought you said you need another round of minutes. I'm gonna reset you. Go. <laughs> 
it, yeah, it deserved to win Best International. There was no way it wasn't going to win it. And the fact that Thomas Vinterberg was in the conversation for Best Director, totally understand it. There's some brilliant performance by Matt Mickelson, amongst others. I think the problem was is that it was competing in a year where there were some really big surprises at the Oscars. Mm. And, you know, the father being one of them, which we'll talk about later on, it can't really, because it's such an experimental idea, it can't really hold a candle narratively. But I did enjoy it. The end's a bit weird, though. Okay. So much so that you can't speak about it without spoiling it? I can if you want me to. I mean, I'm not going to fucking... Um, so, do you know what the premise of the movie? No. Uh, it is... Four... I, I thought you were asking for more time. No. I clearly know nothing about this movie. It's four teachers who are uh, who come up with an idea of if we can keep our blood alcohol level up by a certain point, we'll have a better life. So they do it, but they get found out by the school at the very end. One of them, through that um, exercise, becomes addicted to alcohol uh-huh. and dies and then Mads Mikkelsen dances with his students at the end and then the film ends it's good but like it's weird right okay fair enough um, and obviously it's all Danish so it, you have to watch it sometimes right. weirdness is about to take a holiday for a, holiday for a while because we're into July which is just popcorn fucking central yep um, Black Widow we've got a full review on um, Suicide Squad Suicide Squad the same uh, right, I'll take a minute on Jungle Cruise if that's alright feel free um, it's fine like, it's a very much like uh, what Disney pumps out now, trying to recapture that um, Pirates of the Caribbean magic. Obviously, this is also based on a ride. Are we getting a Terror of Terror at some point? With Scarlett Johansson in it at some point as well. Genuinely? Yeah. yeah. Oh. They're doing Terror of Terror. Um, it's, it kind of has that a little bit of that swashbuckling thing. It's got The Rock and Emily Blunt in it, um, but it just never really captures it. Mm. It really finds it hard to be unique, and it's just instead terribly generic like nothing it's doing is like bad the action is fine but it's like a three out of five mm. if not a two out of five on fucking everything it's mm. it's very forgettable i don't see it. it's not launching a franchise it doesn't have that unique setting point of a jack sparrow put it right. that way they have a jack whitehall but that's not <laughs> that's not the same thing uh who's the first openly gay character in a disney live action film and you wouldn't know it cool it's like when they said they came out and said fucking what's his oh, face gaston's from, mate yeah was, gaston yeah. mate's uh is gay but like again, we're all for like incidental gay people where it's not like fucking in your face Albertness, but yeah. it just feels like no, but you have to do something <laughs> because you know if you want to make a statement about it, you can't just you can't do something about it. You can't just anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, that's it for July. Cool. I have two, so I only need thirty seconds on both. Thirty seconds, go. No sudden move. It was released on HBO Max this year, uh, starring Don Cheadle and Benicio del Toro. The first section of this movie, the first third is fucking brilliant it's just a shame the second and third thirds come after it where it kind of spirals a little bit out of control there's a great cameo in into the end which i won't spoil in case you do want to watch it Mm -hmm. Uh, but it concerns uh so so they're robbers but like this great conspiracy unfolds after they hold up a house that's 30 seconds dynasty warriors that actually came out Fucking Netflix bought the rights to it. I can't believe this exists. It's fucking terrible and I love it. Okay. It's so amazingly shite, but I could not be happy with it because it's such a true representation of the games by getting nothing right. right. It's so fun. There is a scene, and I shit you not, that's played for laughs where multiple people get beheaded and the head flies 25 miles into a castle. It's fucking brilliant, but it's trash. Oh my God. We do Sweet. have to watch it in the Chinese language, though. So ah, uh, ah well. Um, right, August. Actually, no, there's a dub. You can watch the dub. Okay. Uh, if you're drunk. 
Is it great? It's fucking phenomenal. I can, I can deal drunk. with that. Uh, right. We only have Free Guy in August for me. So I have one, one. of them. And we reviewed Free Guy. Yes, we have it's a the shortest review we've ever done. <laughs> yes, oh, it was, wasn't it? It was punchy. Yeah. I am going to talk about it later, but it was a punchy-ass review. Mm. Uh, right, how long did you leave your... I need 30 August? seconds Oh, 30 seconds. On The Man Who Sold His Skin. Great title. <laughs> the great title, shit movie. Um, this was also up for Best International Feature Film. I had to watch it in January, but obviously we didn't get a theatre release here until August, and even right. then it was only one day. Okay. Um, it's. I think it's trying to make a statement on advertising... Um, it's not doing a good job of it. Basically, a guy tattoos his entire body mm. with shit, and then right. that he himself becomes a living art piece and has to travel around the country. And he's like, "I'm not just a piece of me." It's fucking stupid. It's trying to have a, this message about how people sell themselves to products, but right. like, it so doesn't understand that. It doesn't do it at all. Didn't that happen though? Did no. someone get like advertising tattooed on their skin and then I mean, probably. got fucking tore around like a freak show? Wouldn't no. be fucking surprised. Right, September. Yes. The worst movie of the year came out in September. More on that later. Oh, because um, I've uh, out of the four I'm look sorry, the three I'm looking at, it ain't any of them. So we have full review of Shang Chi. Yep. Um, yeah, we both seen Gunpowder Milkshake, I believe. Yes, we have. Do you want to kick us off on that? Yeah. I liked it, but it could have been better. This very much could have been a, a, a very John Wick style movie, and there is a fucking great fight scene in it mm-hmm. about halfway in. Yep. Um, the problem is, is that it doesn't really give much for its world. It does a lot of world building, but it's like it builds a bungalow instead of a house. Mm. It's like here's what could be interesting. Anyway, we're gonna go focus on something else now, yeah. and it does that right up until the end credits. It just doesn't break through for me. It's just fine. Same. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, how do you make Karen Gillan uninteresting? I don't get, like, she's giving a really weird Keanu-esque performance when I know she can be interesting. Mm. Yeah, one good fight scene and <laughs> some of her, like, decent fight Taping scenes. Taping a but... scalpel to each arm whilst yeah. they're both dead. That, that it, was good. It, it needs to be more than John Wick, but for girls. Which yeah. is really what it's just trying to do, and it's very overt about it. Yeah, and he's trying to be funny, and it wasn't funny. It's a, it's a library instead of a hotel. Isn't it? Yeah, um, exactly. Oh, let me tell you about Cinderella. <laughs> I didn't see this. Actually, tell like it comes up later. I'm not going to tell you about okay, Cinderella. Okay, I'll okay. I'll tell you about that later. Is that the worst movie of the year for you? No. Wow. Actually, no, no. The James Corden Cinderella's not the worst. There are two movies worse than that movie. i got to think one of them's Thunder Force. One of them is Thunder Force. <laughs> I cannot wait to tell you about my least favorite film of the year. Can not fucking wait Amazing. anything else in September uh, I have two other movies so if you give me a minute on the clock I can do both in 30 let's fucking go Worth is a film starring Michael Keaton and concerns it's not a fun topic it's about the relief fund from people who died in 9-11 but brilliant drama I have nothing bad to say about it it did trouble the top 10 for about a week and yeah. then I was like actually no I want to have this on there and it got pushed out it's on Netflix so you don't have to pay to go and see it at the cinema okay uh, it's genuinely really quite effective. And Michael Keaton has only proved himself to be the one of the better actors we've got working mm-hmm. today multiple times this year. That's 30 seconds. The Green Knight is a movie, it was the last film I watched this year. That's so Dev I watched Patel, it one, last, it? Dev Patel yeah. one. I watched it last night. I've got 20 seconds to tell you how fucking weird it is. <laughs> and considering the movies I like, that's something. Oh, right, okay. I don't know how you ad- adapt a, a poem, an Arthurian legend poem, into a movie, um, but it somehow managed to get the plot from the poem wrong. <laughs> so, right. 
that should kind of give you an indication of what this movie's like. It's fucking strange. It's on Amazon, if you've got Amazon. Okay. If you want two hours of being completely weirded out mm. and made uncomfortable, watch The Green Knight. It didn't do it for me, though. Could just have sex, really, so... <laughs> yeah, but um. what will you do with the other two hours? <laughs> After <God. laughs> 30 seconds to disappoint your wife. Uh. Uh. Right. Sorry. Also, Shang Chi was in September. We got a full review of that. More on that later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. We're into October. Full review of Venom: Let There Be Carnage. Yep. And Um, last night in Soho. And June. Now, Hmm. did we review No Time to Die? Surely we must have. I'm going to double check it. We must have. Right. It seems like that does speak to its quality. We did review June. We did review No Time to Die. Okay. So that's all four of their movies in September. We have full reviews for from my side of things. Anyway. Let me double Um, check if I have anything else in October. I have one more in October. Do you need a minute or do you need thirty? I'll take a minute. Minute. On Ron's Gone Wrong. Okay. It's on Disney Plus now, so feel free to watch it. Yeah. Um, I really like this. It's a dumb little kids movie, but I really, really liked it. Because yeah. I just like oddball robot characters. Look at Baymax. I fuck it. It's very much Baymax. Um, oh, I don't like big ass. So Zach Galifianakis playing Ron, which is the robot that uh-huh. falls off a van and gets dented and right. doesn't get properly updated. Yeah. Basically iPhones in this world are robots. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the message it was trying to have. But actually, I just really liked it as an oddball little comedy. Okay. Because the robot has no inhibitors and has no problem beating the shit out of a little kid. Like 20 Sweet. minutes into the movie. Fucking perfection. Okay. Um, yeah, I really did believe the whole the dynamic between the main kid and Ron. I think the ha- there's a bit of a ham-fisted thing about social connection. Um, because every movie's doing that now. But you know what? It's actually an inoffensive little movie. There's some great visual design in it and actually some really good funny jokes. Lovely. Thumbs that, up. I did think, like, should I watch that? Like, it seems to have got... Like, kids' movies that aren't any good just pass like ships in the night in my life. But yeah. this stuck around. People kept mentioning it and seeing trailers for it. So yeah, it's good. The algorithm thought I was going to like it. <laughs> uh, November. Quiet. Eternals. Eternals we did review. Yeah. Um and that is it. The rest I've got to get through. I can't speak about those two. I can real quick talk about Encanto. Oh, okay. Um, make that two because I'll need to talk about it now as well. It's not in my top ten. Okay. Um, it's fine. Um, it's it's not a a strong because Disney animation like the in house stuff has been really good like Moana and Vangela. Um, they had a bit of an off year because Raya wasn't fantastic and neither was Encanto. This is better I think than Raya. But the songs are only okay. They've got one good one, which is the Tick, Tick, Drip, Drip song, mm. um, whatever that one's called, the one with the strong woman. Mm. Um, that one's good, but ultimately it didn't really rise above its really kind of pedestrian concept. The best song was actually We Don't Talk About Bruno. Yeah, I, I really like that one. Enough. Yeah, I really, uh, I think whilst, I think this is actually inferior to Raya, because I think Raya did better world building and set up an interesting story. Okay. This is very much just set in Colombia, but I don't get a sense for Colombia's history and heritage like I do with Coco in this film. No. Also, no. the ending is really stupid. Like, really, like, all of this stuff happens. Here's the mystery of where this family comes from, and we're not going to explain this, and everything's fine. Yeah. Like, it feels like it needed an extra 20 minutes, but it doesn't yeah. get it. It's just like none of the like we don't talk about Bruno and the the drip drip are good, mm. but like everything else is very forgettable. Yeah. That's what I mean. Is he George Lucas? Mm. Did did Lin Manuel Miranda have 
did he fluke into his one good idea and he's just going to coast off that for the rest of his life? Not saying there's anything bad here necessarily, but like... It's still Hamilton. Like, you know, no one complains that Star Wars was made. No, exactly. I'm sure as shit not complaining that Hamilton exists because I job. fucking love it. But it's just... Right, that's on the worst list, that's on the best list. So that's November done. Okay, one of the movies I can't talk about... Well, we're talking about King Richard later on. Okay. Um, in Canto we've spoken about... Okay, can I get... Have you seen The Harder They Fall? No. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I really like this one. Ah. It was, for a time, at number 10. Right. Um, But it quickly came off when I reordered the list. Uh, this is really good. There's some phenomenal music in this. Um, it's I, I enjoy that it's gone for very much that kind of Tarantino grindhouse way mm-hmm. of representing the West. But it still feels unique. I think that's got something to do with the fact that the guy who directed this um, is a music video director and music producer as well, which really makes all the sound effects fit. Plus, there's a beautiful performance by the guy who plays Kang. He's really good in this. Oh, Jonathan, Jonathan Majors, Majors right, is okay. great. Jonathan Majors is like the one to watch. All ah, right, okay, sweet. December. Um, I'm not done. Oh, you're not done. Did Sorry. you see Robin Robin? No. 30 seconds. Fucking Robin Robin. It's Ardman's latest movie. Um, it's half an hour. It's on Netflix. They were treating it like it was a big release. Right. It was like the week before December, so it was like right. it's a Christmas movie. Um, it's nice. It's a really nice little movie. I oh. like that they've gone for like a a cottony woolly plush style yeah, thing yeah. instead of the hard um uh, plasticine. There's some really good voice performances. Richard E. Grant plays a, a pigeon in it i think he's fucking great right it's just a nice little thing add it to your christmas rotation for next year it is good see i was i do fucking hate wallace and comics with every fiber of my being mm. i really like arthur christmas mm. that's Ardman, so maybe i should be more open to it i need two more minutes two more minutes dialed up and ready to go tick tick boom is the reason why live my miranda is not a one-trick pony ah. i know it's not his music it's the music of jonathan larson and indeed the story of jonathan larson right up to the point of uh, creating Rent and unfortunately passing away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Andrew Garfield, once again, for the second time this year, that might be a spoiler, pulling in a fucking amazing performance. There is Oscar buzz about him getting um, Best Actor. Mm-hmm. I actually think he deserves it. He's that good. The only falling down point for me, and this is why it's not on my top ten, is that I don't find the Jonathan Larson character endearing. Right. And that is a problem the movie does not attempt to remedy. Right. Or if it does, it doesn't do it very well. Right. The supporting cast are pretty good. Alexandra Ship is in this from the X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Pre- she was Storm? She was Storm. Yeah. She's pretty good in this. There is a really annoying song in the middle called Therapy mm. that I wish I could have erased from my fucking memory. Right. But the diner scene, if you like musical theatre, the diner scene is fucking primo. Uh, the next one's going to be talking about House of Gucci. What the fuck? fuck happened here what the fuck happened here this is the problem we're going to talk about it in the in the best list but movies when they're trying to tell us true life story cannot maintain focus this is a two and a half hour movie that felt like you had to tell the whole fucking arc of gucci where it should just have been focusing on the thing in the last 10 minutes that was the film all this shit didn't need it right the outside okay outside of adam driver who's pretty good, Lady Gaga, who's pretty good, and Al Pacino, who's pretty good. It's fucking shit. Ah. Um, Jared Leto continues to be the worst thing about Hollywood. I cannot stress enough how bad this performance is. If you thought the Joker was bad, his turn as the, the cousin in the Gucci family, it's, he thinks he's in the Mario movie, and it's fucking cringe-inducing. 
do not waste your time on this one. Three weeks of Mobius, baby! <laughs> <laughs> Cannot fucking wait. Right, we're at the finishing line. It's December. It is December. Uh, I need to mention that and and Spy- we've got a full review of Spider-Man but obviously we're going to hear about that later yep uh, and another one that I can't talk about because I'm going to hear about that later is it Don't um, Look Up it is Don't Look Up cool we'll be hearing about that later sweet um, right you haven't seen West Side Story I haven't I want to hear it. I want to hear your view on this because I, I West Side is always never my favourite musical but this is Spielberg so surely he's got it right right nope uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not terrible but like again not been a strong year for movies mm. I just I maybe I just don't like West Side Story because I find it really weird that, that it's meant to be like this hard oh it's a race thing but we're talking about having a ramble and fucking <laughs> shine on this I just I'm going to spend my 45 seconds talking about the worst scene in the film so um, they have a fight it's um, your main guy, Ansel Elgort's best mate, and the is it the sharks and jets? Sharks and fight yes. Thing. Yeah. So they're having a fight, um, and the Puerto Rican dude who's the the who's Maria's brother, they're having a fight in a warehouse, a knife fight, right? Uh, well, they're having a fist fight, and then knives come out, and um, they, I'm just gonna pause. I need to talk about it. Sorry, Michael, but that's fine. Oh, do the, what you need to do. It's, it's the worst scene of the year. So they're having this knife fight to like really plinky plonky like. <laughs> But it's like an actual, like, they're trying to stab each other. So totally does not fucking work. It makes no sense. It's just... Like a pantomime fucking, like, you know, comedy section is happening, but it's a knife fight. And fucking Ansel Elgert turns up and he's like, no, stop! And he distracts his mate and then he turns around into the knife. And the Puerto Rican dude's like, oh, no, I didn't really mean to kill him, but no, fucking he's dead. And Ansel Elgort just goes, oh... Now, he's meant to be like, I don't want to turn back to violence and I'm trying to be a good person. He just pulls a knife out his mate, sticks straight to the Puerto Rican. <laughs> no expression, no grade. What has my life become? He just fucking... <laughs> Take that, put that there. Um, and then, then, goes straight back to Maria, tells him, I've just shanked your brother. And she goes, oh, you're a monster. Let's have sex. <laughs> Oh, oh. Thankfully, the rest of the movie is just mediocre, so it doesn't trouble the worst, I've yeah. But that's the worst scene of the year <laughs> by a country mile. I just, ah, oh. I kind of want to watch it now. It's on it, that scene is rocks level of stupid, <laughs> like covert level of stupid. That as well, go with no fucking expression on him, just goes, oh, fucking, you're dead now. Like he's fucking like he's put he's taking the knife out the drawer and put it back in the holder type of thing. <laughs> and then goes, Oh no And then Maria just like goes, You're a monster And then like my brain is erased maybe like twenty seconds worth of stuff that I don't remember what the thing that then swaps that then they get into bed and start shagging. Mm. And then it's like all of this happened in twenty four hours. Yeah. You met each other at the dance and the next night he's fucking dying in the street. Mm. Oh, I hated it. I really did. I didn't like any. I didn't realise. It was one of those films where, like, musical. Music numbers kept happening. I was like, oh, this is from this? Yeah, yeah. Like, fucking. Um, America. Yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. know that was from that. Um, tonight. Yeah. Tonight. Didn't know that was from this. Fucking yeah, it's song. not good. <sighs> Maybe it should be on the worst list. I really like it. But, uh, yeah, I just. What's Spielberg playing that, man? Like, I think he's just trying to tick off all the genres. Mm. He was like, right, I'm going to do fucking Ready Player One, so I've got a big stupid. I need just popcorn. He invented fucking blockbusters for fuck's sake. But mm. a big CGI fucking property fest. Fucking tick. IP fest. Fucking tick that. Done and a musical. Yeah, done yeah. a musical now. Well, like, he hasn't really done a horror, I guess, so he can fucking do that. Has he done a western? 
That's he's in a western. Oh, that's that's enough fucking future if he hasn't. But yeah, I. <laughs> the weirdest knife fight oh, man. in cinema history. Sorry that took slightly longer, but I need to <laughs> I need to expel that from my fucking brain. That's fine. Um, yeah. So that's that. Uh, should we have a minute on single all the way? Oh, I forgot to read single <laughs> all the way. <laughs> fucking dinosaur, right? Go. Okay. Um, this was a weird, dispensable movie, but it had one unique character. Character. It had one unique quirk in that it is a gay relationship it is a shitty hallmark movie but we've got gays that's it that's all that needs to be said about it yeah. i'm gonna use the next 10 seconds setting up my joke i am really disappointed this movie was called single all the way when you had the potential title of make the yuletide gay and you didn't use it it was right there <laughs> it's because Single All The Way implies that it's somehow a Jingle All The Way parody. Yeah. But it isn't. <laughs> or about being single, which well, it very isn't. much isn't. It really isn't. Oh, it's a weird... Yeah, it's a Hallmark movie that escaped onto Netflix. It feels culty towards the end with the fucking pageant as well, right? Mm. Oh, God. Mm. Fuck, I just wanted to crawl out of myself and Because, like, I forgot about some movies from, like, early in the year and I only, like, looking... I forgot I'd seen these and I watched it, like, two weeks ago. But... <laughs> yeah, because last year I gorged myself on shitty Netflix Christmas movies... And for whatever reason, the missus was just not in the mood for it this year, so we didn't watch. There's like um, Love Hard. That that is in my wife's top ten. I've started making her do a list. Right. That was in her top ten favorites. Yes, because it's not like a true diehard fucking parody. Is it's it? that they connect over their love of movies like Die Hard and think it's a Christmas movie. That this woman like meets him online, travels to be with him, and realizes he's. Do you know who Jimmy O Yang is? Vaguely. The guy from the meme where it's like, you just insulted my entire culture, yes. but yes. Right. Him. Um, and he's pretending to be another guy online, and it's about, like, it's catfishing, but then it's a Christmas story. Right. And it's about their love of Die Hard. Um, it's a weird film. I've not seen it. The wife watched it whilst I was doing something else. So you're telling me that Netflix have stolen Love Shrek, but just changed it from Shrek to Die Hard? Yes. And next year, they're doing Sneakerella. They're doing Sneaker. I swear <laughs> to God, they're listening, Michael, okay? I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat, but maybe I should be, because they're fucking listening to us, right? <laughs> Sneakerella is almost word for word, your pitch for the fucking designer... That was yours, thing. wasn't it? It was. Because you came up with the fucking, like, they're into, like, personalised sneaker design. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it literally <laughs> laid the groundwork for them. For we're we're also a month away from Arceus, which we predicted... So we are. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, yeah, we, we we might get into another Netflix series like Pitchathon, but well, I, we need just to, get, to keep them in pocket. But I, I need to get Rachel's fucking copyright lawyer skills up a bit more, so we can fucking fucking copyright them all before they fucking go out, so we yep. can get paid. Um, right, I'm done. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna need. Uh, okay, we talked about we're talking about Don't Look Up later. I need a minute, thirty seconds on two more films. A minute and thirty seconds. No, a minute. Oh, sorry, a minute with two thirty seconds. Go. Okay, The King's Man uh, was the last film that I saw in the cinemas this yes. year, and it is the middle child of the Kingsman franchise. Uh. The main problem being, it doesn't feel like a Kingsman movie. Huh. It's a period drama, and that's weird to say. Their comedy has exited this franchise, and I don't know why they've done that. They filmed this movie before nineteen seventeen, and it tries to do nineteen seventeen's big trench run thing and he doesn't do it as well right um but ralph finds is okay that's all i have to say 30 seconds on being the ricardos this could have been really good mm. the two core performances by nicole kidman and javier bardem 
are great. And they've picked a point in time that is really interesting. It's the week uh, that they're tr- they're um, showing an episode of I Love Lucy where Lucy's also been... Uh, in real life, uh, Lucille Ball was... Um, I know I'm running over the time, but I need to explain yeah. this. Uh, she was accused of being a member of the Communist Party, which in the 60s, bad fucking big deal. It's and not it's, great. And it's about them fixing that situation. And if they right. kept to that, it would have been on the list. Right. The problem is they do too many fucking flashbacks. Uh-huh. They feel like they have to tell everybody's fucking story rather than the story of this crucial five days where they could have been taken off air. Yeah. Because when they're doing that, it's fucking great. Right. Also, J.K. Simmons is in it, and he's brilliant. J.K. Simmons is brilliant for fucking everything. Yeah. Cool. Okay. There we go. That is everything. Yeah, I'm Kingsman, I'm like... Now you've said that, I was kind of thinking, if he puts in his top ten, I'm definitely going to have to go see it this week. But, uh, yeah, they're in the silver medal, considering the golfing fucking quality between the first and the second one of Kingsman is, is mad. Anyway. Woo! Woo! That was a lot. It is a lot. Now, we are 50 minutes in. And we haven't even got to our top shit. Okay. Yep. And we've got to do the bottoms first. Yes. So, now so, you've got a bottom 10. Now, I could cobble together a bottom 10 from some of these. Okay, do you want to do it? Um, yeah, one sec. So, that would start at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Okay, that's fine. Whilst um, we finish, we'll just name 10 through 6 and then do in yep. depth on the worst five. Go for it. So, my 10 through 6 worst movies. Yes. Number 10, Black Widow. Number nine, Mortal Kombat. Number eight, Moxie. Number seven, I Care A Lot. And number six, The United States versus Billie Holiday. I've got Luca at number 22. Uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage at 20... Uh, sorry, that doesn't make sense. Luca's at 10. Venom, Let There Be Carnage at 9. Now, that is very much cinema experience, keeping that edge <laughs> of the fucking bottom five. It is written on my bottom five on the written version of this. But I think West Side Story at uh, eight is worse Gunpowder Milkshake at seven. Boring. Mm. And Moxie is at number... Sorry, no. Moxie and To All the, All the Boys Love Before are seven and six. Okay. So, so we started at the five, yeah. fifth worst movies now. Yes. Cruella is mine. You know why. I really fucking hate this I film. know you did. I don't... Obviously, I liked it enough for it to, up until about two months ago, trouble the top ten. Mm. But... I do understand where you're coming from. It's not Cruella Deville. I think that's no. the problem, is that it is very much a new character. If this was not called Cruella, I think it'd actually be really interesting. Okay. The idea of a, a punk kind of hinging on insane fashion designer. Yes. I'd watch the shit out of that. Okay. The problem is it's called Cruella, and it very much... Re- I've said this in the review, but it relies on your knowledge and therefore love of 101 Dalmatians, whichever version you prefer. Um to kind of anchor this as a prequel, which right. it is not. It is no. not setting up the same status quo as we get in the later movies, right. which would be fine. And, you know, they are getting a Cruella too, so maybe what they're actually going to be doing is telling... A new version. A of new version of it, and, right. you know. But I have to judge it as what we've got now, which what we've got now doesn't fucking work. And it, really good actors are giving very shonky performances in this movie. Emma Stone is just about salvageable. Yeah. Emma Thompson is just about salvageable, but yeah. goes into cartoon character towards the yeah. end. What the fuck was Paul Walter Hauser doing in this? Oh, 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 don't oh know. yeah, that's t shite. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, I. Uh, okay. I have no more energy for this movie. I don't want to think about it after today. That's fair enough. You just don't have to. Fucking hate it. Uh, real quick question: Of this bottom five, how many have we already talked about on a review? Uh, two. I've only got one that we've already talked about. So. Um, 
It's at number four. We're kicking off at number five. It's Home Sweet Home Alone. Oh, you watched it. You, I didn't get round to this one. We had a Christmas movie thing, and he was like, shall we watch the new Home Alone? I was like, no. It's your key. It's, oh, God, he's not good, though, Michael. Oh, no. So it turns out the little he's in Jojo Rabbit was better. He's a he's a fucking he's like cayenne pepper. You want as little as that shit as as absolutely necessary, then you're good. He's not good. Oh no! Because you know he had that kind of like he wasn't really a good actor mm. in Jojo Rabbit, but that kind of the charm worked. Yeah, yeah. So the problem is that now he's got to anchor the film. It really doesn't work that he's not a good actor. Oh, that is and a he's shame. really fucking wooden delivery does not help. Where Bandit's gonna come and fuck our dogs? Exactly <laughs> that. But it's oh god, it's it's. So is it a full-on reboot? It is. No, it is. It is a sequel in the same universe because um, um, Buzz turns up. Buzz right. McAllister turns up as a police officer. Right. And at one point, like the they get a call to say, "Oh, there's a kid that's reported to you home alone." And he goes, "Look, my brother Kevin does this every year as a practical joke. I'm not going to investigate it." So mm. that's how they kind of stop that plot hole from happening. Yeah. Um, so it, the thing that's most annoying about this thing is it has a really good comedy cast and then just gives them nothing to do. So Ash, Ash, Aisling, I can never Ashlyn, remember, B. Ashlyn B is his mom doing a British accent despite the fact she's Irish, hmm. um, which doesn't work. She's given bullwars. You know, you spend a lot of time with Kevin's mom in the first one. Yeah. You spend almost no time with Aisling B. You are almost always... Well, this is the thing, right? The main characters are actually the two bad guys. So it's um oh what's his name, fucking film catastrophe, Rob. Um, I know what you mean, but I'm going to look it up just in case. Fuck about him, and he's been he was in a lot. He was in another movie ah. this year, wasn't he? What's his name? Rob. Oh god. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. Home sweet home alone. No, not sweet home alone. Rob Delaney. Rob Delaney and Ellen Kem- Ellie Kemper from The Office mm. are actually the two. Characters you spend the most time with, so their deal is they're like, they're they're running out of money and they're about to have to sell the house to Keenan from Keenan and Kel. Right, um, he's getting a lot more work, and Kel was always the better one, and you know it, Keenan. Um, <laughs> so they're having to sell the house and they're trying to keep from the kids, and they they have an open house, which is when um, fucking Yorkie and Aisling B turn up, and they find um, this weird old German doll that's got its head on upside down in a cupboard. And, like, they make it, like, oh, yeah, like, someone, these sell for a lot. They're, like, Rob Delaney's mom's thing. She's like, oh, I kept them covered. I don't like looking at them. They're weird. Oh, but these sell for a lot of money. And through happenstance, he believes, like, they, he can't find the doll after that point. So he thinks that Yorkie has stolen it. And that's why he's trying to break into the house to get this doll back. Mm. And they leave for Tokyo and leave Yorkie alone. Pete Holmes plays Yorkie's uncle. And they do not give Pete Holmes enough to do. He's <laughs> fucking great. Um... And, yeah, it's just them trying to break in and then the Home Alone setup. So, like, when you get to, like, the full-blown Home Alone stuff, it's fine. But the problem is they've put together a really good comedy cast and it's not funny. Oh, no. And that's the worst sin of all, that you had the talent there to make this genuinely funny. Like, it's going to be a bit hamstrung by being a fucking Home Alone reboot and it's got to go for some of the same trappings and stuff. But everyone still likes Home Alone. Everyone likes Home Alone too, and that's basically what I fucking is. Mm. So... Yeah, it's just, it's a missed opportunity and that's more annoying than anything. But yeah, it's not funny and that's kind of a crucial part of a family Christmas comedy. So Does he show up? Do we get Kevin McCarthy? No, he does not. Oh. No, Buzz is the only like cameo we get. Mm. So 
no, that would have been nice. I thought he might be in a post credit or something, but nah. Well, I mean, it was a directed Disney Plus movie. I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, this is it. It's like they didn't even bother putting that in the cinemas. They knew what they were offering no, onto no. there. Well, that is a shame. Uh, yeah, you had a chance. It, it, it could have worked. I feel there's a version of this you could have done that would have been good. Mm. I don't think great was ever a fucking, uh, uh, you know, a level this could jump over, but, you know, it could have achieved good. I mean, this is one of the f- well, movies that was put into production the second they bought Fox. They were like, right, we've got Home Alone. Yeah. We're going to make one. give it to Rob Delaney. I was like, oh, I like Rob Delaney. He's funny. Let's do this scene. And then, no. Nah. Uh, I care a lot. Oh, I've just said that my film at number four for some reason. Um, Talk about it, because I'm not talking about it anymore. So you go ahead. Okay, my number four is I care a lot. I fucking hate that movie. Talk about a movie that had a perfectly fertile ground to fucking sow of let's talk about how awful the fucking US care industry is and how like fucking rife for con artists it is. And then just throw a pointless mafia fucking story into it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the most aggravating movie of the year by a country mile. Mm. I'm just like, this really could have been good and you've got a good cast, but you just your fucking good idea and you've you've cowards and you can't <laughs> stick to that you tell it straight they are there's a, the bit where she's get put in the fucking car and it's I'm like oh what the fuck is this because they've got to do fucking boss bitch shit and it, oh god and it has the worst ending of the year yeah that Boy, ending is dreadful country mile that teaches nothing it robs the film of all of its fucking any narrative merit it has is gone because of that fucking shite ending mm. We have a full review of this. We do. I, I don't need to talk anymore. Please do go listen to me just fucking moan for about 40 minutes straight about how shite this movie is <laughs> and how good it could have been. It could have. That's the thing. Is the, the premise is yeah. pretty rock solid. Like, don't know, some of these, like, I actually really didn't mind the first half hour of this film. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's just when he decides that he doesn't want to do that anymore. He yeah. wants to do a fun mafia movie that isn't fun. You're number four, Mike. Number four, uh, Monster Hunter. This is somehow... I mean, I haven't seen Resident Evil, yep. but I've heard it's actually not terrible. <laughs> Which is actually made it the best Resident Evil movie. Yeah. Um, Monster Hunter is made by the guy who directed the previous seven Resident Evil movies. Jerry Burrow. No. Um, what's his name? Not Is it Paul Anderson, but not Paul W.S. Anderson? Or something like or Paul Tom. The one who's married to... Millie Jovovic. Right. Who's yeah. in it because of... Of course, course she is, is playing the same character she always fucking does. Um, yeah, so this film does not understand Monster Hunter at all. Right. Um, it is basically, and I had this pointed out to me by somebody who really likes Monster Hunter and really likes Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. There was a cross-promotional Monster Hunter Metal Gear Solid thing for Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, right. which is set in you know the middle of bumfuck nowhere in the uh, Middle East. Yes. and. And you have, there's like one mission where it's like, oh, you get to hunt a monster, hunt a monster, but with all the weapons that you play with Metal Gear. Okay. That's what this film is. Oh, right. So, like, Monster Hunter is, suppose, is in the games, it's a big, luscious fantasy universe. Yeah. And it's about creating stupidly huge swords and shields and bows and all this and going and hunting giant monsters. This plays it like a horror movie Ah. and it doesn't fucking work. No. At all, he does not understand the assignment whatsoever. Millie Jovovic is fucking dreadful. They they got Tony Jaa in for this, and I really feel sorry for right. him because I like Tony Jaa. Yeah, but like, oh my god, they give him nothing to work with, and also his character doesn't have a fucking name. He's just called the Hunter, uh. and then Ron Perlman turns up in the worst makeup of the year. 
Oh. Oh my god. Okay. And so and like the whole thing is like this universe has its own language, which is fine because that's in the games. Um, but he also came over from actual Earth because it's dimensional shit. Yeah. It can't just commit to being set in a fucking fantasy. No, universe. no, we've got to. It has to be the U.S. military go into a storm and now they're in Monster Hunter world, which looks basically the same except for the monsters. Right. It's fucking shit. Uh... It's it's it does to Monster Hunter what Resident Evil did to Resident Evil, which is not understand the core thing that makes Concept. that so interesting. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there isn't a Monster Hunter film worth making. Because it ain't this one. It ain't this one. I think it's worth, you know, having something that is this like fantastical. But you got to commit to it. You got to, and you got to commit to scale, which is something it doesn't do. Right. Okay. It doesn't love the idea of having giant monsters that you hack bits off to make weapons with. It's just they treat it like any other non nomination or fucking monster bollocks. It is dreadful. Does he have naked pictures of like the president of Capcom? That's why they keep making letting him make their movies. I assume so. Does he do well in Japan? Capcom are going through some good stuff right now. They've released two good Resident Evil um, games back to back. I know, but like, is it, is this what the Japanese market wants, and that's what they're doing it for? They don't give no, a shit about the No, the Japanese Americans. don't want it either. Well, they want the oh, I don't know. Right. Um. So I, I leapfrog my number four. Do you want to do your number three? Uh, sure. Venom. Let there be carnage. Oh. Boy. Again, it's not at number one because we had a fun time going to see yeah, it. Yeah. And you know, Morbius soon. And it so. was only 80 minutes. <laughs> it was only. A, it's brevities, it's best point. Jesus Christ. An abominable bitch. Woody Harrelson with the, the worst performance of the year by a country fucking mile. I wish that was true. You ain't. Oh, you've yet to tell me about Thunder Force, haven't you? Oh, not even mm. Thunder Force. Oh, okay. Oh, you mystery. Wait. You wait. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate this film. <laughs> I, I think I hate it slightly less now because there is something in Spider-Man No Way Home that fixes my biggest problem with <laughs> the, it. Negates. <laughs> negates the need for this film to exist. Um, but unfortunately, it does exist and we did watch it. And for two months, it was crucial to the MCU to watch it. Not anymore. Not anymore. They fixed that, uh, but it still does not get rid of the shit stain. Good lord, is it bad? People liked it as well. It's like the second best performing movie of the year, right behind Spider Man. Get it? I, I do not understand. Don't. Actually, it might be behind Fast Nine. It's up there. It's up there. It's a top five grossing movie of the year. Me. We are morally and culturally dead. There is no accounting for taste, is that? Mad Baby got a fourth number one for a song about fucking sausage rolls. Not even a good parody. No. He just put sausage rolls into it. Yep, yep. And we had Boris Johnson is still a fucking cunt right there. (laughs) And we didn't do it because we don't love ourselves. We'd all be turning his grave if he was dead. (sighs) Anyway, I've said that the Elton John, Ed Sheeran one was like, what if we did... Every Christmas song in one go. Yeah. <laughs> Just tick Merry, yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Fucking mistletoe and get some beer. Yeah. All right. Go yep. on. Cool. Yeah. Hey, it was all right. Right. Let me tell you about Cinderella. I want to hear. I'm, I'm closing my phone. Right. And I want to hear about Cinderella. Cinderella. To be fair, I'll probably big this up a bit more because my number one is where the ranting is about to go through <laughs> the fucking So I did not want to watch this. But I am. I am. Trying my best to not say no to watching any movie that is suggested to me. Should be open-minded about all things. Yes. But I knew I wasn't going to like it. <laughs> so, inexplicably, someone thought it was a good idea. Sorry, specifically, Amazon Prime thought it was a good idea. Oh, yes, and they wanted to let the world know. Uh-huh. So, 
it's Cinderella again with almost no unique features other than the songs are a bit more modern. Um, I can't remember any of them. Modern in uh, a pop sense, I take it. Yes. Fuck me. She's got Camille Cabello as Cinderella mm. and um, the woman who... I think the reason we watched this is that my my soon-to-be wife loves Wicked mm. and it had the original Elphaba as the evil stepmom. Right. So we were going to watch it. Cool. Um, you Elf- saw Wicked this year as I well. did see Wicked this year and I maintain it would be a much better thing if you replaced Elphaba with Batman and uh, Galinda with Superman. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> you, mean, you need no other changes. <laughs> Just that. Um... <laughs> It was. Oh, I, I liked it. It was pretty good. Um, pretty nice. Anyway, um, so the the main the real reason this is such a weird film because it's not good. No, it's, it's such a turfed out fucking piece of shit. It's a James Corden movie, of course. Well, this it's is shite. the thing, right? This is the thing. The 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 choice of actors I've gone with is really weird. Basically, it's the cast of all the early scenes of Taskmaster have been phoned in to do Cinderella. Oh, So, no. you've got Doc Brown. <laughs> Doc Brown is the weirdest character in this film. Not because of anything he necessarily does, but like he's like the village herald of everything that's happening with the king, which is Pierce Brosnan, who needs to pick better fucking movies. <laughs> needs he's a in, new agent. He's in Black Adam next year. I don't know if that's going to get better for him, but he's playing Dr. Fate. Mm. So, Dr. Fate, yeah, Dr. Fate, so Doctor that might Fate. be better. Doc Brown's entire role is stand on this bridge and do a rap about some plot updates. Right. And he literally is never seen outside of this like little bridge in the middle of the village. <laughs> like like a little footpath over a train track, like yeah. level of bridge. And he just raps down to all the people. Fucking weird, right? <laughs> so the three mice, when they get turned into people, yeah. are James Corden, Ramesh Ranganathan, and James Acaster. I don't know. Why? I don't know how Americans have heard about James Acaster. Like, Ramesh Ranganathan is fucking everywhere now, so you yeah. can't escape him. He's the host of The Weakest Link, which is a fucking white... That seems like a career downturn. Yeah. Not, you're at the height of your powers. So... You have four shows on day. I know. James Corden, like, it feels like he's now above this. Not, like, in terms of... Tone, because he tone. isn't. He's not. But, like, you're Peter Rabbit. You're, like, now, like... <laughs> Second main star. You're things. a light, late night talk show host in America. You're now the the fucking Zach Galifianakis of about five or six years ago, where yeah. you're just like the comedy person. You get into him playing a, one of the three mice is a bit weird, but yeah. So they only turn up for like a one scene basically, and then they go on. And then Rob Beckett is like the the the, the, the weird suitor that they're trying to marry Cinderella off to. I don't know. I don't know. Who? The main selling point for this is that the... Is Daro Brian cast in this shit? <laughs> love it. Well, the, 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 the weird thing is, the main selling point for this is that they've got... I'm going to have to find... Um, I hope he'd say... I hope he say him and not they. Hang on. Um, it's got a male um, fairy godmother. Right. Is its main selling point. It's played by Billy Porter... Billy Porter is the fairy godmother, and that's like its thing. And I've since seen Billy Porter on talk shows, and I find him aggressively unlikable. For a second, I thought you it was Billy. You was on about Billy Eichner, and I was like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen any clips of Billy on the street? Yes, I have. Fucking no, love Billy. Him. I, Billy Eichner annoys me because he's, really? he's in Parks and Rec, and he's, yeah, I fucking find it. He ruins. Yeah. Not ruin nothing can ruin like can ruin Parks and Rec, but he fucking comes close. I just my character is this. That's his character. He, anyway, he's funnier as an Eric Andre kind of person. Mm. So 
Billy Porter, I find him thoroughly unlikable in the same way that I find RuPaul thoroughly unlikable. And not for, like, weird homophobic reasons. I just find him deeply irritating and worthless people. This cast is weird. Right. Sorry, and I had to get the list up. just... For aggressively weird as the cast is, it's alarmingly generic. So, yeah, yeah it's just... It's a it's one of those void movies. It exists for not a... We're not the target audience. And, you know... Why I, I shouldn't have watched it, but I did. I was forced to, and it has no merit whatsoever. Isn't I don't think Camille Cabello's an actress, is she? No, she's a singer. For fuck's sake! I mean, she's a musical, mm. and they've cast fucking uh, Ariana Grande as Glinda in the Wicked musical. They have, haven't they? And um, the one who played Aretha Franklin on Broadway's uh, Elphaba. Ah. She was on Graham Norton. Rachel was like, she's gonna be Elphaba. Oh my god, she's amazing. So yeah, she's cool. happy about that. Um, yeah, no, they, I'm assuming they're going to get Dina Menzel back for something. Sorry, Adele Dazeem. I would imagine so. <laughs> right. Um, so you've done your number three, haven't you? I have. Can I jump to my number two because I get Thunder Force out of the way? You know what? Yes. Thunder Force is shite. <laughs> it was always going to be shite. But the thing is, when I, I, I explained this in my written review, this was number one for a while of the worst film I saw with you. Okay. But it was one of those where it's like, well, the f- fucking of course it is. Yeah. It's a Melissa McCarthy comedy movie when she's in something serious she's not dreadful have you seen can you ever forgive me no she's have you seen nine perfect strangers no she's really good in that Ah. she's she's the fucking female adam sandler where it's like why do you continually use your powers for bad (laughs) you can do good stuff you just actively choose not to she turfs this shit out which is her and octavia spencer who again is better than this they they've got powers. She's strong and one Olivia can turn invisible. Octavia even, sorry. But it's just shite. But I watched the trailer for it and said, That's gonna be shit and then I watched it and went, That's shit and then it came to the end of the review and I was like, It's shit But it's like shit in that uninspiring way mm. where there's no like fucking Ow! to it. There's yeah. nothing to be biting him like savage for like, It's you know, just, of course this is bad. This was always doomed it, it, to be bad. And that's just boring to talk about and rant about. Yeah. Thankfully, there is something worse. Something came along in September that saved the the worst of this. I am very happy about this. I will tell you about it when you've told me about your number two. Yes. Because I, for strapping. Mm. Eternals is the reason (laughs) why uh, this is Marvel's worst year. I told you that they would eventually release a film with no redeeming qualities. Eternals is that film. Holy fuck. Fucking shit. I knew I was worried about it. I see I was I don't know why, but I was there trying to pull you off the precipice of like, no, it might be good. Don't ignore no bad land. It, it might be, <laughs> might be good, you never know. I don't know why I fucking bother. Realistically, this should be at number one because it's ruined something I love. Mm. Um then again, I was never attached to the Eternals as a property. No one is! They've Nobody... made a coin book in 30 fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> they really haven't. You weren't born the last time they made the fucking Eternals. <laughs> Oh, but like it had potential and it squanders every inch of that potential. It's so, so disappointing. And, you know, of course, Kuman Anjani is the bad luck totem in all of this. Oh, God, we should have seen it coming more than you saw it coming. Yeah. I was, I I don't know if it was just like blind faith. I was like, no, 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 no. Marvel, you know, yeah, they haven't, there are some 
not good Marvel movies, but there's no real out and out bad one. I just have a weird hatred of Captain Marvel that grows by the day. I mm. don't know what it is really, but I just <laughs> don't like that movie. It's because you're um, a woman hating. <laughs> probably. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's what the people making that movie would say to cover their asses. There is no feasible defence no. for how bad no. Eternal shat the bed to say, okay, how long is it? Did it take Shang-Chi to get onto Disney Plus? Was it three months? Yeah, it's that, yeah. Um, Eternals is on there like next week. Like, if if you're going to do a, a musing about gods and mortals and like a DC's type of thing, that's fine. But you've got to really go big with it, right? Yeah. You've got to really fucking chuck away everything you have at it. Not like this weird fucking like mid fucking tone the whole way through of like this. It, 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 it's 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 two things. It's the Marvel trappings trapping Chloe Zhao, and it's the Chloe Zhao trappings trapping Marvel. Yeah. That neither can fucking pull that apart. Because neither be. of them work together. Yeah, you've got to go down one route or the other. Mix and match in the middle is just going to make a middling piece of shit like this. Mm. Yeah, I. it's not on my worst. I must admit, it's it's. I've got it kind or, of... It was weird, because I watched The Green Knight last night. Yes. And that features... Barry Cohen from this. And, yeah. um, oh, thingy, what's her name? Carly Morgenthau from uh, Frank of the Winter Soldier. Erin Kellyman. Yes. It was like the fucking ghosts of Christmas passing back <laughs> in that movie. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Why'd you have to remind me of the two worst Marvel franchises? <laughs> and the Black Knight we didn't get. Yeah. I wanted. You didn't listen to my fan casting, you bastards. Yeah. That would have been so when, good. But thing, when I'm like, Dane Whitman was my favourite part of it, and you were like, well, "You're barely in it." I said, "No, oh, yeah. he might, he might be in a fun Blade movie. I might get MI13. I'm okay with that. It won't be the Edgar Wright comedy we deserve, though." Yeah, I know, I know. He needs a win as well, Funk. Mm. Right, he'll, he'll get one. I hope so. Now, um, we've been doing this weird jumpy thing. I feel like we should leave yours for last because I don't know what this film okay. is. You know what my worst movie of the year is. Oh, it's Nomadland, isn't it? It's Nomadland. Yeah, fair enough. The absence of filmmaking. Just nothing for two hours. I fucking detest this movie. Between this and Eternals, like, Chloe Zhao has taken Ryan Johnson off that pedestal and gone, no, I'm the worst thing working in Hollywood today. I don't fucking get it. I have so much time for weird movies. Uh-huh. And I have so much time for arty movies and introspective movies and quiet movies. I have, I, I've watched all the Oscar films and have done so for the past three years. I'm about to make this my fourth and I'm really excited to see what's going to be coming up. But last year was ruined by the fact that the worst movie, objectively the worst movie, because yep. there is no fucking movie in Nomadland <laughs> a One series best of picture. boring events happen <laughs> in sequence in a movie I had my Zod was right moment and I'm like this should not be here the The best movie of the year is the worst movie of the year welcome to my fucking side of the bit I know man. how it feels oh. to be in your position uh, I hate this film I, so much I, I know I've already spoken about it at length on multiple different podcasts but it's just do not waste your fucking time I want to hear about your tag worst. me lad Tag me. Boom. Yeah, Thunder Force was there for a while. Yeah. Thank God for dear Evan Hansen. Oh, yeah. Because this thing is passionately bad. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Fuck me. 
dead. Right. So the 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 problem there's there's the problem can actually be laid at a family, right? right. The Platt family. Mm. There is a lad called Mark Platt who's a, a film producer mm. who's actually got a pretty solid resume up to and including. Fucking Fairland Entertainment, fucking Mount Rushmore film, Scott Pilgrim, right? Holy shit. He made Scott Pilgrim, well, he produced Scott Pilgrim, right? But he produced this movie for one reason, Mm. to get his son, who is Ben Platt. Who was on Broadway as Evan Hansen. He played the original Evan Hansen. He was in Pitch Perfect Mm. as, like, the weird person in Pitch Perfect who fucking Anna... Kendrick falls in love with never made sense worst fucking romantic thing ever he's a fucking arsehole and a weirdo should kill him <laughs> his best mate um, so he was the original Evan Hansen on Broadway so if you don't know Evan Hansen right, the broad strokes of it is uh, he's this kind of socially repressed kid and you know he's been bullied and stuff and his arms in a cast for reasons that I'll explain in a second you know fuck it spoilers uh, he tried to kill himself by jumping out of a fucking tree he didn't work and he broke his arm because he was so much of a wetter he can't even kill himself properly <laughs> and he fucking, he goes back to school and um, he's in love with this girl and he like, he's, he, his therapist has given him an exercise of writing letters to himself. Mm. So he writes to himself and blah, blah, blah and then signs off, Dear Evan Hansen, where's the title? So he fucking does this <laughs> and he talks about how if he could only talk to this girl and, um, you know, tell her he feels he might be better. Her, he, her brother, who's a bit of a fucking nutcase and he's like the school outcast bully guy. The guy who wears a leather jacket and plays with a lighter. That's him. Okay. Uh, literally that. He just wears a leather jacket constantly. <laughs> Fucking finds this... He, he's like... he He's a bit of a bully of Evan Hansen, but he takes a bit of pity on him at one point as well and signs his cast and then immediately finds his letter on him because Evan was trying to print it at school for some reason. And yeah, it's for, about, so, for some reason. Yeah, for some reason. It's about his sister. He fucking kicks off and, and yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes and kills himself. Hmm. He's not that much of a wetter. So he goes and kills himself. <laughs> He's committed. Yes. And they fi- like they find <laughs> this letter on him. It's the only thing he has. And obviously it's signed off from Dear Heaven Hansen. So they think it's a letter he wrote to Evan. Hmm. And him talking about his sister. And it's like, if only I could talk to her, kind of makes sense in the context of him wanting to reconnect with his sister. Right. Who's played by... She was in Booksmart. Um, hang on. Not, not our, fa- our favourite from last year. No, not year. Bernie Feldstein. The other no. one. Um... Dear Evan Hansen, just about uh, Caitlin Deva, Deva, her, her. She was the only person in this movie I like. Um, so now you need to, you would have already had red flags because the mom of um, the the brother and sister uh, is Amy Adams. I'll come round on Amy. Come round on her, but I should have known better <laughs> because I have two people that are massive red flags. Okay, Mark Wahlberg is one of them. Oh, real worried about Uncharted. But even worse than him, it's Julianne fucking Moore, <laughs> and I sure know because she's dear. She's Evan Hansen's mom. She right? ruined Kingsman. Oh, she ruined fucking everything. Like it needed a Jurassic Park film to overcome her shitness. <laughs> so Lost World is good in spite of her. It needed my favourite film of all time in order to overcome the fucking curse. Everything else. What is the point at which fucking Hunger Games goes down fucking hill when Julianne Moore turns up? She killed fucking Kingsman. She is the touch of fucking death. Anyway. (laughs) So so Amy Adams finds a letter and jumps to the conclusion, obviously because she's also signed the cast, Mm. that they were best friends. And like, because he was all fucking repressed in for his family, they think that Evan Hansen is like the gateway into finding out more about um, him. Mm. Now at this point, 
the character makes no sense. If, if Dear Evan Hansen, the fucking socially awkward kid, just went, oh, no, that's not the case. This is what really happened. Movie's over and it's fine. Yeah. But for some reason that makes no fucking sense, based on this character and what we know about him, he maintains the lie. And it's just increasing, yeah. like, fucking, I'm stuck in this lie and I can't get out. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and, and obviously they start, like, a, um, a relief fund for him and he gets really famous for it and it, like, makes money. So, obviously, it's going to come out at some point that it's all a lie. Hmm. That happens, but it doesn't really have any ramifications for the main guy. Like, him and the sister do get together and stuff, but then he kind of ends that relationship, but that's it. But the main problem with this, there's two key fucking Achilles fucking heels with this movie. One, they cast a 27-year-old as a 17-year-old. Yep. He's got big, big Tobey Maguire at the start of Spider-Man 1, energy. <laughs> but even worse, because everyone else is age-appropriate, basically. Yeah. It's like, Kate and Diva's, I think, like, 22, but she can pass the 17-year-old. Yeah. So it just looks like a big fucking man-child <laughs> with makeup that's trying to compensate for his 27-year-old face fucking failing miserably. And he sings... Every song. There's only one song in this entire movie, incidentally the only half-decent one, that doesn't have him singing. Now, I've been assured by... I've watched video reviews of this that ensure us that he doesn't sing like this for some reason in the Broadway, but for this one, he chose to sing like every single X-Factor contestant with a dead nan who's a fucking <laughs> oh, warbly-voiced no. white guy who just needs an acoustic guitar. It's all that... <sighs> Basically... It's, this is a uh, fucking exercise in what if we made this noise an entire musical? It gets me every time. What if that was an entire <laughs> fucking musical? <laughs> that noise. No repercussions for him when it comes out that he's been lying about the suicide kid the entire Jesus fucking time. Christ. It turns out he tries to kill himself. No one gives a shit. And it's just <laughs> Julianne Moore is fucking awful. And, and Amy Adams are like, did you not read the script, woman? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, it's the worst film of the fucking year by a country mile. Because it's like, Thunder Force is bad, but it's not passionately bad. Mm. And the, now the, the only thing that is of note about this, we nearly walked out... Wow. This was a Rachel choice, mm. lest I, and it was the first one because she's always banging. Oh, what's your film? She, she, we never really get to watch my films. I was like, no, I'm gonna change that. I admittedly, I made this promise just as COVID hit, and I haven't mm. had a chance to really. But I was like, no, from now on, any single movie you want to watch, I've made one exception for next year. I'm not watching a Denton Abbey sequel. But I'm like, <laughs> any of it, literally any other movie, no matter what it is, I will come watch with you. This was her first choice, and it was this. And we were both considering walking out right up until someone two rows in front of us had an epileptic fit. Wow. And that was the most exciting thing that happened during the movie. He was fine. Three nurses happened to be in the same screen and they fucking hurdled those chairs, man. It was amazing. They were fucking straight on him. Me and Rachel were just holding torches up to try and help. <laughs> he was fine. He got up and he, he left. But then I thought, we can't leave now. They're going to think we left. What set him off? Is there a sequence of the no, movie no, where they just go, ah! I don't know. His boyfriend was like, oh no, he does his home usually, but he never uses it in public. So mm. I don't know. There's no like flashing lights or whatever. But maybe he just used that as an excuse to get fucking out of there. Because I was like, we can't leave now. They're going to think we left because of him and the interruption. The bloke came and said, I will re rewind it five minutes so you don't miss anything. So I've actually seen five minutes more of this movie than was strictly <laughs> fucking necessary. It's the worst film of the year. I almost walked out of the film for the first time in my entire life. And yeah, I can't even recommend it as a hate watch is a thing. It's so unfucking speakably bad mm. that I can't even recommend it for that. Do not, under any circumstances, watch this. If someone says it's like a pioneer of, like, champion of mental health, it's fucking not. It's 
awful. It's <laughs> such a bad representation of all mental health conditions. Wah! 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 Wah. Love it. And that was Dear Evan Hansen. Oh. The worst film of the <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen. I mean, no one's arguing that that's good. Whereas, like, I've gone I've gone the Darren route this year. Yeah, you yeah, have. You picked something that people like. People fucking really like, but... fucking like. No, this is... I'm so glad you let me get that out, Michael. I'm going to have a sip of water because I've right. a lot. Oh, it's going to be another long one this year. We're ever half in. We did rant about the worst movies, but now it's time for the good stuff. Okay, here the we bit go. bit you're actually here for, an hour and a half in. <laughs> Number 10. Number 10, Godzilla versus Kong. Okay, just for the sake of time, yep. if you mention a film that I have anywhere else other than like number one, yep. I'll mention it, but Godzilla vs. Kong was my number four. Fair enough, yeah. This Hi. was up there. Okay. But some other movies have come in and kind of crowbarred that no, out of there. I, I get that. But I want, this is what kept Tick Tick Boom off the top ten. Mm. Because I needed Godzilla vs. Kong to be here because it's fucking brilliant. Yes. It's so good. It just... Talk about... There's two films this year that have done fan service completely right. Yes. And this is one of them. Yes. This started... I mean, admittedly, it was like March, but it started the year off yeah, strong. Yeah. I was like, yeah, even the blockbusters are going to be good this well, year. Well, this, this is the first big movie I got to watch post-pandemic. Um, now, I did immediately watch it at home, mm. which is... This was the one movie this year that really needed to be seen on a movie screen. Perhaps I should have done that. So I'm a bit annoyed about that, but he didn't really... I don't think he ever got released in cinemas, did he? I think it Here just, it did. Oh, did it? For about a week oh, or right. so. So I watched it at home, mm, but even same. then, the fucking scale... This is just basic wrestling 101. Yeah. Have two big lads, set them, have them have job matches against other people Yeah. WrestleMania year, fucking put them together. There you go. Saturday morning man slam, that's yeah. all it is. All, it, all the building, all the story, and use the biggest fucking quotation <laughs> marks possible for that, was dealt with elsewhere. So yep. you can just have them slam into each other. Yep. Don't get wrong, it's apocalyptically stupid. <laughs> yeah. Fuck me. Fucking Mecha Godzilla is the dumbest thing. It shouldn't be there, but oh my fucking god. But it works though. It holds it? the both of them off and it's so good. <laughs> and there's and you don't have to deal with the whole thing because everyone was like, Oh, are you Camp Monkey or Camp Lizard? I'm like, everybody gets a turn. Yep. Monkey wins a fight, lizard wins a fight, robot wins a fight. Fucking perfect. Exactly. Pleases everybody. The centre of the earth stuff was fucking cool. Really good. I right? really, really liked really it. Basically, they've washed their hands of the Monsterverse at this point. So yeah. They didn't make as much money as we needed them to. We'd better have them fight now because yeah. we're not going to do it anymore. Yeah, we, 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 and then they made the best one. I know. Yeah, the, 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 the Middle Earth stuff was really fucking cool. Not Middle Earth. That's just... oh, That would be interesting. <laughs> fucking Legolas turn up. Um, <laughs> did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, you remember Godzilla Battle of Helm's Deep? Um, yeah. So, yeah. He turned red and went, ah! and You have to toss me. <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it's it's everything I needed it to be. There was no, like, there's no slack, there's no fat on this movie whatsoever. The human characters are fun enough, but don't get in the way, crucially. Nope. And yeah, like, God, Godzilla is the protagonist. There's no Godzilla. boring King, human shit yeah. for the final fight. Yeah, perfect. King Kong is the protagonist. It's fucking, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sad it's gone away, but we got this. Yeah. And that's all. That's all you can ever hope for, really. We got the movie we were promised. Yeah, and we got good. two good King Kong movies out of this franchise. Yeah, we fucking did. So like, yeah, two Godzilla, good Godzilla movies out of it as well. Yeah, I mean the first it, one. They, only the first one is the only bad MonsterVerse movie mm. because it promised Heisenberg versus Godzilla and then kills him in five minutes yeah. to give you a fucking Andrew Johnson him, yeah, yeah, being boring. <sighs> that was number ten. Yeah, that was number ten. Right. Um, so my number ten. One second. It's the Jackass pick. The one that gets put there and said, right, no matter what happens, that's not moving. Mm. Things can come into number nine, but number ten stays. It's funny, you've had a jackass pick this year and I haven't. Oh, yeah. You haven't had a 
jackass pick? It was on there for a time when I took it out. We'll have the ultimate jackass pick next year. <laughs> the prophecy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's I consider it the best movie of the year, somehow, do it I would leave it at number 10. Just because. <laughs> um, it's Bo Burnham's Inside. Because we had to debate whether it was actually a movie. Yes. But it did get a theatrical, a limited theatrical release. Yep. But it did get one yep. in America. I am not going to talk about this. Lovely. Okay. Wait, as in at all or not yet? Not yet. Okay. So I, it's the one, it's the first movie because it's just fucking strap yourself in for COVID movies. It's mm. all beginning for the next, every indie film going is going to be fucking COVID and talking about, you know, dealing with, like every in a lot of movies right now about bad, corrupt American presidents. Where did that fucking come from? We were about two years below the big studios getting on this. This is the first one that's really captured it properly. Mm. Of that weird kind of malaise that's set into everybody of like, you know, this horrible thing is happening outside, but the real ramification is just a lot of time and a lot of boredom being sat in your house. It captures it really well. There's a bit of like, bear with me, there's a bit of Carl Pilkington about this. Where I'm like, is this an act or is this just him turning stuff up to like is this real are we actually seeing him break down because there's some really good scenes where you think he's actually fucking losing his mind he's not doing well is that heightened or is it completely fabricated or is it real you know what I mean like mm. where with Carl Pilmington you never really fucking tell what's real and what isn't mm. it's kind of that I don't want to know mm. because I think that would ruin it a little bit if it turns out oh, well, it was all an act like I'm I want to tired of it never mind I don't want to know sorry exactly that like I don't I don't want to know if he's actually going insane because either it's a, it's a, it's an act or I then feel really bad that I find it so funny to watch him just slowly go insane. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. It's got a lot of the best. I, I when we get to the music bit, <laughs> it will be inside came out. Everything else is a footnote. Basically, you're you're going to be filling out the music round if we talk about the best of music twenty we want again. You think I have anything more listened to than Bo Burnham? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Welcome to the internet is some of the year. Yep. I I think you, I don't, you had stuff you preferred, didn't you? I did, but ultimately that's the best. <laughs> the one I listened to the most was shit. <laughs> Feeling like oh. a saggy, massive sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> At eleven thirty, feeling like a bag of shit. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, if, objectively, welcome to the internet, internet is perfect. Uh, so that's number ten. Yep, that's fair. Uh, I'm going to move on to my number nine, yes. uh, which is "Don't Look Up." This is also my number nine. Perfect. This, this, and black, this Black Widow and and Promising Young Woman have done a fucking ballet dance in the last few days. <laughs> I've actually written down Black Widow is on the written list, but oh, I well. think I'm changing that because I didn't. I, I watched "Don't Look Up" two days ago. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. It's good. Who saw this coming? Real fucking good. It's Adam McKay. I should have seen this coming. I still haven't watched the big shorts. Really? And I've heard it's got similar energy to this. Yeah, it kind of does. Right. I mean, it's got very similar energy to Vice, which we've reviewed a couple of years... Well, I reviewed a couple of years ago. That's um, the... It's his movie about Dick Cheney. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Fuck, this is good. This is real good. Frighteningly realistic. Yeah. I, I, the, there's, there's a moment in this where I'm like... I pointed it out and it was something as stupid as like... Oh, an American wouldn't do that. And that was the least realistic movie, part of the movie, despite the fact there is an extended sequence in this where it's like, well, what jobs can the meteor bring? And I'm like, this 100% would happen. Yeah. <laughs> Some weird fucking Mark Zuckerberg looking dude would 100% think, oh, but we can mine it, I guess. Don't yeah. worry, I've got it. We found, we? Got, we found gold and diamonds uh, in it. So this has literally just come out on Netflix this week. So yeah. you hadn't had time. It's basically 
immediately Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence discover a, a comet is on the way, one bigger than the one that fucking killed the dinosaurs, mm. and it's got we got six months basically, and they go to the president who is Mel Streep, yep, um, who is female Trump, female Trump. And she's like, eh. I'm too busy having a birthday party. <laughs> yeah. What's the optics of this? I'll yeah. get you. Yeah, I'm having a birthday party, so I'll talk to you tomorrow. And it's like them having to drum up public awareness of this because the president wants to kind of mm. fucking ignore it. And it just goes through so many different phases of like all of this could happen. Yeah. Like obviously, some of it has been a very like obvious allegory for COVID deniers and stuff like that. But yeah. again, it all comes to you like, yeah, this would if this was under the Trump government. This would happen. That's, that's how he's handled it. He's too busy focusing on the midterms. Now he needs to change the optics of it. Now we're just, now we're getting our guy to go into space, despite the fact we have this other guy who could clearly do it. Yeah. Fucking. Then a donor to the party has said that he's got a better idea, and we're going to abandon our plan to do his plan. Yeah. I Mark Rylands is Mark Rylands is a really weird actor that I, I for the longest time I was like I don't get why he's suddenly Spielberg's muse. Mm. Like, what's he doing that's so bloody special? Fucking got it here. <laughs> My God, he's playing a Zuckerberg type. Yeah. But more of a <laughs> you, Steve Jobs type. You're not allowed to look him directly in the no. eye. He has ch- the, the bit, I howled out laughing where it's during his, like, Apple keynote yes. thing. It's like, can I say something about it? No. no. <laughs> it just carries on. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, yeah, Zuckerberg, but on fucking doll up to 11. Yeah. And he... Yeah, figures out there's mine, stuff they can mine off the fucking comet, and he steps in, basically gets the president to cancel the initial Ron Perlman-led fucking <laughs> attempt to nuke the fucking comet, and he's like, "No, we're gonna break it up and bring it to Earth, and then mine it so we can get ahead of China." Yeah, I was like, "That would happen." That would happen. And the best bit is when it all goes wrong, and he's like, "Oh, um, I just need to go to the toilet." He's like, "What if C three PO was a fucking?" <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's funny. Yeah. The thing is, it's it's funny because it's my only reason it's not higher. Mm. I do feel it has a bit of a lull. Mm. About two thirds in, it hits a bit of a trough. Yeah, where I, it's I, like sorry, go on. We're, we're, we're waiting for stuff to happen now, and this is where Jennifer Lawrence, who is like the more um, overt, like what the fuck are we going to do? Who becomes a meme because like yeah. we're all going to fucking die? Like, God, we are in a dead culture, aren't we? Yeah, because um, we would do that. Yeah, um, she basically says, "Fuck it." Go down and get with Timothy Chalamet in what is, I think, the most pointless character of the entire fucking year. Yep. What did Timothy Chalamet add to this movie? Nothing. Like, what the fuck was the point? There was, it's that section of the movie that introduces Timothy Chalamet and Ariana Grande. Yes. As like, I know that you're in the end of this film. Yeah. And Ariana Grande gets a fucking good song out of it. She does. <laughs> and like, it's like, I know you're here to, to service the ending, but like, I just want to see more of these yeah. two scientists struggle against American society. Yeah. Because it does that so fucking well. I know. There's, oh god, there's well, a bit when the comet comes in. Like they, they have a really poignant ending that I think is really impactful because ooh, they, yeah. they don't impactful because they don't skip. They, you know, they say we've got six months. They fucking stick to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They do it. Um, but like, there's, there's a bit where Ron Perlman's shooting into the sky. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the most American response yeah. to this whole thing. But they're round the table, and I'm like. It's a really this is, the yeah. whole reason why Charlemagne was in there was to be sat at that table. Yeah. I'm like, we could have reached this point without you. Yeah, he really you really know? didn't add anything, did he? 
like there's a weird subplot because like this the the, the allegory is that like Jennifer Lawrence just goes radical and gets angry and stuff, whereas DiCaprio kind of gets seduced by it all, mm. L- literally gets seduced by fucking um, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, who is just a, she's a fucking magic eye picture man sometimes. Yeah. Like some just some makeup they put her in. Like, hold I didn't even realise it was her. I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, it's Heather all over again. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, and then sometimes she looks like normal Kate Blanchett. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, that's Kate Blanchett. She's she's fine. Yeah. And there's one or two tweaks. I'm like, holy fuck. Man. <laughs> Woo! Okay. You can see why. I get it. So Big corner. Yeah. So, she, they, there's a, again, I feel that kind of, that dragged it down a little bit, but I understand why it's there. Mm. Much more so than Tim Sharma. I think if it wasn't for that lull, this would be higher. Mm. Um, but yeah, the ending is... Woo! Good. They went all in for that fucking thing, yeah. didn't they? Jesus, they didn't fucking skirt. If I have one criticism, is that, and I can't believe that this is, this is what I'm asking for more of, but Vice, when that ended, I have a more tangible sense of dread. Whereas I think this, like, ultimately, I got to watch Meryl Streep being eaten by a space dinosaur. So, like... Yeah, it is. <laughs> that was good. Fuck her, she played Thatcher. Uh, so, like, she did play Thatcher. That was a weird time in history. So I got to eat, watch her getting eaten by a space dinosaur. That was pretty fucking dope. And ultimately, everybody died. And I think that was the right thing to do. Yes. Whereas Vice ends on this thing of, and this machine never stops turning and everything's awful. And I think that was more like, a, oh, fuck, I need to go home and think about this moment. Yeah. Than this, and that is why it didn't go as high right, as okay. other movies. But, but I still really enjoyed it. When you introduce the threat of the comet in, you've got to... That's your ending. Yeah, that, either, that's your Chekhov's gun. Either bad wins. Uh, have you watched the Girls' Room show yet? No. Please do. because uh, <laughs> Oh, I think I've seen the Chekhov's gun bit of that. That is yeah. the first rule of Chekhov's gun. Have a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, please do watch it. Like I, I, I don't know. I've showed it to some people and they just haven't got it to the same extent I I've, have. I think I watched the first episode where it's like the, the, the pilot's. The pilot, but not... Yeah, yeah. It's called the pilot, but it's not the pilot, but it is the pilot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And... It's fine. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think you can't really. Either Bad's got to, you know, Facebook guy wins and successfully breaks up the comet, and I'm like, no, that's not a narratively rich ending, or the everyone gets blown up. Yeah. So, yeah, they were kind of hamstrung, I guess, at that. Right, number eight. Yep. We've finally got to decide how we're going to say it. Is it Dune? Is it June? Who knows? I'm going Dune. I'll go Dune too. Um, this started the debate that started last night because Rachel fucking hated this. <laughs> she I pointed out at that movie. I so pointed out she made me watch five minutes of yeah. it, but she said, "Oh, that's the one of the worst films you've made me watch ever." I was like, "But I get it." Is the thing I because I, I was like, "Right, sci-fi has been Guardians of the Galaxy for a while now. Mm. All sci-fi is tinged with comedy because I think that's what's needed to kind of neuter some of that sci-fi-ness mm. to get people into it." And I get that. I am glad this made no fucking apologies for how pissing dense it is. <laughs> yeah. Dense is the key word here. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking fruitcake of a film. <laughs> but I appreciate that. I was—I don't know if it just landed at the right time. Because hmm. the thing is, I'm like, well, it can't be higher because unless I'm watching it in order to figure out what's happening in the sequel, do I intend to watch it again? And I'm like, no, probably not. That's ultimately what took it off the top 10 for me. It did sit enough. at number 10 for quite a while because it's fucking good. And it's it, ma- good. it makes that quite undigestible source material make sense. Yeah, but like, only to a certain extent. It doesn't yeah. like dumb it down, which no. is what I really appreciate about it. It's like, no, if you're not paying attention to this, fucking fully paying attention to this, fuck you, you don't get to enjoy doing it on the same level everyone else does. Yeah. And I've missed that. We haven't had a self-serious, a good self-serious sci-fi 
for fucking ages on this scale and this thing. So that's why it's maybe it's a movie I admire and appreciate more than I enjoy. Mm. But eight, I feel, is a right place for that type of movie to sit. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you know, this is not to say there aren't some bad things. The score's a bit weird. Mm. The ha, the Evan Hansen of the sci-fi ah, universe. Ah, ah, <laughs> um, and of course, Duncan Idaho was a name. <laughs> Sandwalking or something. Yeah, Squat yeah. jokes. Squat jokes. <laughs> and it does. It does have a shite end. <laughs> like it very much feels like a, the end of a part one, as opposed to a fully functioning and fully formed film. Yeah, um, it is a film that contains a giant space battle and ends on monkey knife fight. It does. Like, <laughs> and also the brightness that it mean that we didn't see the word properly. No. <laughs> Still not entirely sure what that was. Yeah, like, there was no worm that? time whatsoever. No, we, we were waiting for worm time. <laughs> Any minute now it's worm time. And then worm time came and fucking went without us really seeing what worm time was. Uh, but yeah, that's why it's number eight. We should hate watch the original one. We should oh, do that. Oh, shocking. The 84 one. Shocking hood. Um, <laughs> uh, number eight for me is Sound of Metal. I need to watch this. Mm. We got about 20 minutes in and something happened that maybe we stopped watching and we just mm. never got around to getting back into it. But mm. what I watched, I liked it. And I'm guessing you liked it too. I did. I mean, I'm all about you know good sound design in movies. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but like this was at a point where we couldn't go into the cinema. It was, you know, it was one of those movies I had to kind of like just find a copy of to make sure I got it watched before the Oscars because they were stupidly releasing it the week after the Oscars here. Mm. Made no sense. Holy fuck, I'm glad I watched it. This is Riz Ahmed's best film, hands down. He's incredible. There's a boy in a Rogue One t-shirt. <laughs> I did like... I did like How Rogue is he Four Lions? Come on, bro. Oh, man, now you've said Four Lions. God damn it. Um, He's very good in it, though. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I forgot he was in... You know the Jake Gyllenhaal movie Nightcrawler? Yeah. He was in that. I mean, he's in the first Venom as well, so it's not a 100% track record. No, it's not. Um, but no, he was absolutely incredible in this. And I think, realistically, he should have been in the conversation for Best Actor. Mm. I know he was nominated, but he was almost like, a, and he won't win. Because he was a... Two- Tokenistic type of... Yeah, it, it was a two-horse race between do we give it to Bozeman or do we give it yeah. to... And um, Anthony Hopkins, yeah, and he went the right way because that is the best. That was the best. Part. The fact they put it at the end to be a tribute to him. Yep, and then he didn't. Get yep. Oh my god, the father didn't make it onto my top ten. Shit. Um, a couple of seconds on the father. That's yep. really. Fu- I didn't haven't realized that didn't make it onto my top ten in the end. Yeah, the father's really fucking fantastic. Yep. You should not watch it because no, it's far you, too fucking you real. Fucking warm me about that business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that that did contain the best performance by Anthony Hopkins, hands down. Just absolutely heart-wrenchingly um, so too real, I guess is the right. phrase you would say. Anyway, the father's great, but it's not in my top ten. Sound of Metal maintains it because mm-hmm. I think the core story of you know somebody whose entire life and choosing a creative career like being an artist, like being a musical artist, mm-hmm. and then the one sense you need yeah, to yeah. do that is robbed from you, and all of a sudden you become a nomad in like a in like a nomad. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. he no. said the word but like, <laughs> but like he has to move into a commune for deaf people and he's like my life is getting across Jesus. the road and recording an album and yeah. I'm now stuck on this farm with people who I can't communicate with because unlike you I wasn't born deaf right. and it's like oh it's it's a film that's about communication and there's a vast canyon in the middle of it where there is no communication other than like what you can gauge by 
facial expression. Right. Oh, it's so well directed. It's so. I, this should be higher, but no, I'm going to stick it where it is. Oh, Lovely. supporting cast is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending is very like. It doesn't. It's it's not like a vice anywhere. It's dread, but it's like yeah. it's that kind of like. It leaves a heavy feeling in your gut, like oh, that's where we're leaving this. Um, but yeah, I don't want to spoil it much more. No, I, no, I, I do. think you should watch it. I do intend to finish this. Beautiful movie. Right, number seven. It's the Suicide Squad. Cool. Are we bringing this up at all? Yep. Oh, sweet. Okay. Um, Not yet, though. So, it's like a redemption more than anything. Mm. And I think the fact that it worked as well as it did has maybe bumped it up a few more places than it... No, actually, no. I tell you about it. I really enjoyed this film. I think you had a pissed-off James Gunn. Mm. You had a pissed-off DC going, fuck's sake, we screwed the Suicide Squad up. No, we're going to try it again. We can do this. The concept is good. It's just wrong the first time. Mm. And it just works so much better. Like... It's not a Guardians of the Galaxy rip-off. Like, there's, there's there's certainly very loud echoes of it throughout this movie, yeah. but it doesn't fuck it up on the same... It, it doesn't, like, beat-for-beat beat remake Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not going for that. The humour is maybe more Guardians of the Galaxy-esque than it was before, but you get James Gooding, that's what you're going to fucking get. Mm. Action's good. Twists are good. The, the, the character work is good. And I think... The fact that you get it like has the most emotional beat at the end with Ratcatcher, kind of shows how much better it works than that first one. Mm. It's like, you did not give a shit of it. Did anyone care when El Diablo died? Did anyone even remember who fucking El Diablo was? No. But when Ratcatcher works as a fucking heart of a movie, I've done something very fucking well. Mm. Um, yeah, that's that. Like I don't have much to say about it. It's like like it's much like with Hawkeye. It's like, I did everything I needed it to do. Fucking a. Let's yep. move on. That was number seven. Yes. My number seven is King Richard. Oh, okay. I don't think we've spoken about no, this one, have we? So this is... Um, you watched a tennis movie? I watched a tennis movie. Okay. And it made the top ten. Damn, all right. Uh, because Will Smith deserves to be in the contest for Best Actor. I think it should be Andrew Garfield's award. I agree, but people need to stop interviewing him. Yes. Just stop interviewing the <laughs> Tell six. us about the movie. My wife spanks me. And it's just, oh, great, cool. I had so much sex I went blind. <laughs> actual quote. Yeah, stop talking to the Smiths. Just leave them fucking alone. Just yeah. enjoy their movies and that's it. They're weird people. Please make them stop. But not when they're going to crack out movies like this. Mm. Honestly, this movie does something that I think House of Gucci doesn't really know how to do, which is to pick a point in time. If you're doing a biography, pick a point in time yep. and tell that fucking story. Right. This tells the story of from when, you know, Richard Williams brokers a deal to get the Venus Venus and Serena an agent to yep. the point of Venus's first professional match. Right. It doesn't choose to go back. It doesn't choose to go forward. It tells this three-year story. Right. Now, there is a time jump, but it tells this three-year story, and it feels focused, and it feels like it's telling a feel-good family story with real trials, real tribulations, and real... Em, like emotional and often racial troubles that actually stitches together really well. And the first part of this movie, when it's set in Compton and all the troubles that w- would come with that, mm-hmm. feel like... I don't know how to say... It just feels like real life. It feels like this is a tangible story yeah, yeah, yeah. that leads to the greatness later on. Right. So that when the time jump comes, when they move to Florida, you don't feel like you've missed anything. No. It just feels like you've just... You, you could busy work yeah, out. Yeah, exactly right. that. Which is what 
House of Gucci had two and a half fucking hours. Didn't do busy work. <laughs> yeah, it was it was all busy work up till the last ten minutes. Right. None well, of this matters. <laughs> none of it matters. All of the, what this movie does is that it shows proper family ties. And yes, you could argue that it could be a little bit influenced by the sisters themselves. There were producers on the movie. Right. Yeah. Richard Williams is still with us. He's still alive. Yeah, yeah. So this is a movie about somebody who's still... It's not like we can slag him off. No. Nope. And it's not like as producers Vince and Reed would want to slag him off. They clearly have a very good relationship with their father. So you might argue it could be being kind of glossed... Made yeah. into a glossy... Sanded warm, down. Yeah, 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 sanded down. Taking the rough edges off. But the rough edges are very much still there. Richard Williams is a cocky fucking man. Right. Whilst so- very softly spoken. You would be though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, he's the, and he's a fuck. He's he's like he's almost like Del Boy in the, <laughs> in the. But like, imagine if Del Boy was like hocking diamonds. Right. Okay. He's like he's like a wheeler dealer. Yeah, yeah. But he's got the two best professional yeah, tennis yeah. stars backing him up behind right. him. Right. Um, there's a great section of the movie where John Bernthal comes in as their second coach because they go with a guy who trains with Pete Sampras at the start and then go to this guy who's got a complex out in Florida. Right. And there's a point where like. John Berthold's character has like figured out how fucking good Venus and Serena are, yes. and he's like, "I will move heaven and earth to be their manager." Yeah, yeah. And um, Richard basically makes it like, oh, "Okay, yeah, but if you take on those two, you've got to take on the entire family, which means we're all coming to Florida. Which means you've got to pay for our house." <laughs> and he like grifts his way into a comfortable life. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and you're like, at no point are you like, "What a fucking arsehole!" You're like, "No, I get it." This guy, he's and you know this. He grifts like I had a plan. I had written up a plan for their lives yeah. from the day they were born, and you believe that. Jesus. And it's such a quiet performance. There's no like shouty, angry, stupid. No, no there's no like big there's, fucking aggrandized. There's right. no big overacting. Yeah, yeah. It's all handled at such a palatable tone. Mm. I really, really recommend this. This is the best biopic this year. In fact, I was like, this is the best biopic. In the past, let me think, five, six years? It's pretty fucking great. I mean, I love Bohemian Rhapsody, but you fucking hate that movie. I hate that movie I with know, a passion. I know, I know. Right, from one end of the spectrum to the other, at number six, it's Free Guy. Cool. We only had half an hour's worth of opinions. Um, <laughs> but again, somehow it's this high up on your I list. I know, but I just had a good time. Mm. And I put more weight on that than I probably should. But, like, Promising Young Woman did not make the top ten. Free Guy did. Free Guy <laughs> nearly cracked the top five. Um, yeah, I... It's straightforward. It's... This thing, I think I appreciate it most because comedy films have just been real shit recently. Mm. Like, the entire time we've been doing this podcast, I can't remember there being, like, a standalone, this is just comedy that has cracked the top ten. No. Like, they just don't do big budget or really high profile comedy movies. They don't anymore. do them well. No, they're all tinged with something else to get them through the door. So, like, for the Guardians of the Galaxy variety. And this yeah. is kind of a that ilk in that it has got some fantasy elements to it. Mm. But for the most part, it's just a funny comedy. And I laughed. Mm. Top cool. six. That's, that's that. Um, the, we, the, the We Just Got Brought by Disney fight is very nice. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it just. It's just a nice time. Great performances. I laughed at it. Cool. What do you want? Now it's time to annoy Darren, um, because I told you what was at number six before, and I. It's what's written down. I've got to go with it, and you're gonna hate me when I talk about my number five. Um, Does this mean you put Suicide Squad above Spider Man? So at number six is Spider Man. Okay. Okay. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. 
I really enjoyed it. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Really? Oh, yeah. Incredible movie. Yeah. I know you're annoyed with me. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. It's got a very clunky first half, though. A very kind of just shifting pieces around first half. Right. Then coupled with, holy fuck, 100% operating at full speed. Okay. The entire second half. And it's that point where they go and do the big supervillain counselling session that it yep. just fires on all cylinders. It's the bit before that. And it's those problems. And I think this is not... I don't want you to come away with the opinion that I don't like this movie. No, no, I'm not coming away with that. not coming away with that at all. <laughs> I don't want anybody to come away with that no, opinion, especially no, not no, yourself. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> but, like, I'm worried that this is... Now, this could change. I've still got one more day to flip that round okay. for the written one. Yeah, yeah. But right now, it's like, that's the last time that Marvel are going to pull something that, like, genuinely gets to my heart. Yeah, yeah. And makes me excited again. Okay. Because when the Spider-Men are on screen, spoiler, yeah. I suppose, we've yeah. already talked about it, you're not two hours deep into a podcast and not expecting us to talk no. about actual Spider-Man. Um, fucking works. Yeah. And really, really works. I'm worried that that's the apex of the series and we're now on the downward slope. I see. I don't disagree. I just don't know how that first half has hamstrung it to the extent that it's outside a top five. Yeah. Like, I don't... I, I, I agree that it like hasn't got the best half an hour. Maybe but... it should be the other way around. Because I'm just like, what, what, what is it's Achilles' heel that it's doing so wrong in that first like half an hour to forty five minutes that okay, keeps so it at the top five? Here's something else. We okay, didn't cool. talk about this in the review, so this will okay. be a fun little discussion. Go on. Spoiler culture needs to fuck off. I've had enough of spoiler culture now. I agree. We've been hearing about this movie for twelve months solid. You couldn't yeah. move every other day with a story about this, uh-huh. and obviously it's very pie in the sky thinking of do we think the studios are involved with these leaks? Yeah, yeah. Probably they are. I would, I would suspect so. so. Yep. I just want to walk into a film and be surprised when I love it. And I've not had that for any Marvel property since Endgame. Okay. I agree. Don't wrong. But just speaking from a cold, cynical, business type mind, mm. this is the first movie in, since the pandemic to crack a billion. Yeah. How much of that was down to these carefully planned, oh, have we let that information slip? <laughs> mm. Like, that titillation has got a lot of people going to this. People mm. I know that are just incredibly casual, I don't even Marvel fans, film fans, mm. like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see that new spot. I remember all of a minute. So many people went to watch this before me that I was getting very mad. Yeah. I was very red in the face that people kept going. And I'm like, you don't even like Marvel. You've seen it fucking before me. <laughs> so... I, I agree that I would like it to go away. How much more would this movie have been better if we didn't know any of it mm. going forward? But it's the way of the world, I guess. If we want to... This thing, we, we, I bet say have your cake and eat it. Yeah, I fucking hate that phrase. <laughs> we, we, we can't live in both worlds. We can't want you know new rock stars breaking down every single thing we want and then get annoyed when stuff gets spoiled for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the world we live in now. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I choose to just bathe in it. And, and like, if the... If the mm-hmm, thing had been kept more secret and oh, I yeah, hadn't yeah, had that yeah, spoiled, yeah, yeah. I think I'd then be... That's the thing I'm more annoyed about. Yeah, the other big surprise outside of the Spider-Man, yeah, which is the worst kept well, secret. Well, the, the fact you put Doctor Octopus and Green Goblin and Electro in the trailers makes me think, well, they're not going to bother creating a universe where that can happen and then not get the other two yeah, Spider-Men exactly. back. Yeah, exactly. So that was more of like, well, I just that's part of the reason I'm excited to go watch it, whereas <laughs> other things that were actually spoiled I think I have to do the thing I think I might try this you know how you like set yourself a little challenge for a year yeah I think I might try and do a year no trailers 
I'll, I'll tell you, it gets very irritating, especially if you're taking um, Caroline to watch films and yeah. you have to keep leaving the screen to yeah. do it. I mean, good luck to you. I wish you all looking well. It did improve my enjoyment of Force Awakens mm. and Jurassic World, to be fair. Yeah. I was felt fucking hyped for Jurassic World. Um, so I can, I can recommend it, but it is a pain in the ass. But don't worry, because most films now, you just, it's just a Top Gun Maverick trailer again. Yep. Fuck me, am I ready for that movie to come in? <laughs> I don't want to watch it at this point. I feel like I have. <laughs> I must have cumulatively watched about two hours worth of this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's the same five minutes over and over yeah. again, but I've seen that movie at least 20 fucking yeah. times. Right. Number five. Okay. It's the Mitchells versus the Machines. Okay, that's my number four. Okay, so sweet. Let's, 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 let's fucking go. Um, I love this film. Like... Me too. Netflix exclusive animation is not a hallmark of quality necessarily. No. Although close. Hmm. Close. But fucking. I did. We 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 yeah. We I rewatched Klaus. Oh yeah. I made Caroline sit through Klaus. She loved it up until the point where Klaus died, and now she doesn't want to watch it anymore. That's like the last two minutes. Of I the know. Movie. But like she was like, "You killed Santa Claus." I'm like, for the last no, fucking time, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. Santa. He wasn't dead though, because he sees his friend every year. Yeah. That's one fucking Jesper saying the end. But so that's not a hallmark quality necessarily. But Sony animated um, Lord and Miller film is. Yep. So I was like, I went in about 50-50 in terms of expectations. I was not ready for how good this fucking movie is. Right. Sweet. Jesus. It's like airplane levels of just bang, 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 joke every yeah, minute. no so fucking related. Good. But, this is the thing I appreciate the most about it, mm. is that it finds that balance of massive high fantasy, the world's coming to the end because of the robot apocalypse, with family drama. Yes. And not sacrificing one for the other at all and finding the perfect fucking mm. middle ground for the two of them. Because, like, this is a very good over-the-top world-ending fantasy comedy movie. It's also a very well-realised family, small-scale family drama and finding out about yourself and reconciliations and all that jazz. Yeah. There's a fucking excellent balancing act that I've done there. Yeah, and like learning to let go of the past and learning to accept new ways of life. It does so much with... Not even so little, because it's it, like you say, it's still the studio that yeah. Lord and Miller runs. It's still the people who gave us Spider-Verse. Like, anyone yeah. would not think this was going to be incredible. And then goofball, stupid comedy. The right. fucking robots are incredible. So like Brenda Bot five thousand yeah. something like that. Then draw little faces on them. The fucking the giant Furby. Everything, all com, <laughs> all the comedy lands, all of it fucking lands. Yeah. But they don't ever move away from that core of like this is a father and a daughter finding out about each other and how to understand the other one. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking man. I really again. I don't talk about it a lot. When I get to heaven, fucking Lord and Miller solo film. Is a first week watch. Yeah. Like, I need to know what that thing would have been if they just let them go. Yeah, like I'd still get it of like if they made this style of movie but for Solo. That is such a fucking tonally different movie to everything else in Star Wars. Yeah, that does it work. I question the wisdom of hiring Lord and Miller in the fucking first place if you were that worried about it. But I want to see that movie. Yeah, it's not quite Edgar Wright that man because that's probably first. Mm. But oh, I know it's Jurassic Park four first. <laughs> the one with the dinosaur, the one with the dinosaur Nazi guns. castle. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's first. Yeah, yeah. I want that one first. Yeah. <laughs> um, lovely. Um, cool. Right. So that so, was my number four. We've already done my number four, which was Kong versus Godzilla. Yes. Oh, but we haven't done your number five yet. We haven't. Go on. Suicide Squad. See, I don't hate the movie. It's in my top ten. Yeah. But... <laughs> Here's the thing, right? Go so Spider Man was already firing on the cylinders of yeah. Spider Man. I fucking love Spider Man. Do love Spider Man. Posters there. 
I fucking love Spider-Man. Yeah, there's a poster there, there's a poster there, yep. so fair enough. So there will be, and actually it's the, the home trilogy, so I need a, I need a poster of you No do. Way Home. Now you only think it's a top six movie. <laughs> I'll stop being Suicide Squad fixed something that was dramatically fucking broken. Yes. Yes, and I think that it's that kind of like getting it over the hill that ultimately leapfrogged it as the best comic book uh-huh. movie of the year. Put on top of that, shitty characters nobody cares about. Oh no, now I care about them. Yeah, like I wanted more Polka Dot Man. I do want more Ratcatcher still. Yeah, I want more fucking Bloodsport. We're getting more Peacemaker. We're getting more Peacemaker. Yeah, that's like in the like first this in like the next month, next week, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So like, hell yeah. And, you know, and it treats, it does that thing of, like, that Spider-Man did so well, which was, like, yes, that happened, that is very much a thing, but we're not going to, we don't need to acknowledge it. Yeah. We can just do this new, cool, interesting thing. Yeah. And it's a fucking James Gunn movie. And we get it, Michael. <laughs> it's the same, like you say, echoes of, of, yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy are through this, but it is very much its own beast. I knew I loved it. When I first watched it, we sat down and the opening beach scene happened and I went, that's too far. I went, you can't do that. <laughs> like, you can, like, can't like, do this. Yeah, just like, it was too much to, I'm like, I know it's an 18, but like, a massacre. In yeah. the first, I'm like, no one's going to enjoy it. No, I fucking loved it. Really, really loved it. I think the interplay between the characters is very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. People from all different spectrums and you, you can do a lot with a bunch of shitty little characters that yeah. nobody cares about condiment king for spider for suicide squad 2 you tell me two two i don't know the suicide whatever's next <laughs> i hope they can get james gunn the... back <laughs> <laughs> two e's yeah. that's it they just keep increasing the e's <laughs> i mean the <laughs> it's the the and thou <laughs> The, the third one's a medieval romp in the vein of Army of Darkness. Ye Suicide Squad. <laughs> Ye oldie Suicide Squad. <laughs> Sorry. Stop it. Wensbury thing real quick. Yeah. Only this, I was this year's old when I figured out it was called the Levern Bottle. Yeah. Not the Leather and Bottle. I thought it was like an wow. N, like a Leather and Bottle. No, the Leather and as in like covered with leather. Like, I know that now. <laughs> I drove past you and went. I've been in the pub several times. Is that like the Mandela effect of Wednesday? Yeah, basically. Levern <laughs> bottle. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, no. Uh oh. <laughs> that is the nichest joke we've ever told. Yeah, definitely. Carry um, on. Suicide Squad's great. The music's really fucking good. It's actually, it, it does that thing that the first Suicide Squad didn't do well at all. Yeah. And picked a soundtrack that fits what's going on. I really like how the cha- chapters are broken up with very visual distinctions of what's happening. Mm-hmm. They fucking put Starro in it, which is mental. They did, yes. And, and didn't fucking half-arse it. Didn't half-arse it and fucking committed to the Suicide Squad having multiple bloody deaths. Yeah. Keep, this up, keep bringing in cameo characters, stupid little Z-list thingies and giving them a chance to shine and then cut them short. Yep. Because that formula works so goddamn well. There is so much life in that formula. I really hope they do more with this. I imagine they will. I, I can't imagine. This went down really well, made a lot of money, and was a critical darling. So I think it's good. I think it's more... My hamstringing of it is... I think it has a really juvenile like sense about the yeah. gore that I really just... It didn't work Which well seems to me. be com- co- like carrying on in Peacemaker. Yeah. But that's Big Match John. It is Big Match John. Who, like I have so many complicated feelings. 
He just keeps casting wrestlers I have complicated feelings towards <laughs> in movies. So he's going to have CM Punk in the next one. I'm, oh, gonna, no. fucking, I'm not going to know what to do with that. Are they going to cast, oh, what's his name? I'm a fucking snake, Randy Orton. Oh, oh no, I don't have complicated feelings about <laughs> Randy Orton. I have only negative feelings about <laughs> my least favourite wrestler of all fucking time. Jesus. God, I hate that man. Um, right, number three. Number three. Uh, is Shang-Chi. Yeah. I rewatched it last night just to make sure mm. because until there was two late additions to this that were number two and number one. Mm. So Shang-Chi was number one for a while, mm. which I think speaks to it not being a particularly strong top ten. Again, much better than last year, <laughs> but not like a worldy. Like we've had some years where it's like, holy fuck, every single one of these are fucking five out of five masterpieces. Mm. That's not this year. No. Shang-Chi I would describe as a four out of five and a, you know what? I've got the lists. Now I've got the letterbox app which is the fucking best thing I've found this year. Um, <laughs> at the MCU, I've currently got this ranked in place number 17 okay. of 30. So that is a middling Marvel movie, and yet it's the third best thing this year. Wow. Um, but it only has like one bit that I'm like, they, they get to Tarlo a lot earlier than I remember them. They're there for the last, like, 50 minutes of the movie. Really? Yeah, yeah. There's a long old time spent in Tarlow. That's where the little dip comes. Yeah. But the fight scenes are so good. Mm. All of them are really, really good. And I do like the music goes full like wushu drama. Yeah, yeah. They, they, it's, thematically, it's very different to every other Marvel movie. And that's like the best thing a Marvel movie can do at the moment. Especially like the new ones, the yeah. debut characters coming out. They've got to do something unique. And this does. So fair play. Aquafina's not enough to overpower because again I have very marmite feelings towards Aquafina at the best of times. I'm still annoyed that she's the one that shoots the last arrow through the big fucking soul sucker dude. Mm. I'm like that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> like where's Hawkeye phoning her up instead of Kate Bishop? Yep. Clearly she's better. But anything that shines a light on how shit Iron Fist is is good. Yep. Um, and yeah, and Shang Chi himself, similarly you, charming, incredibly charismatic, likable. I'm excited to see where it goes more. It introduced a new part of the world. Again, it's always funny to be seeing flying around in a dragon and fucking Dragon Ball Z in another dragon and thinking, Daredevil's in this universe somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Why is he fucking bothering? Somewhere the Punisher's just like, yeah, the- sell a tape a dude to a fucking girder. Meanwhile, this guy's fucking fighting a dragon on top of another dragon. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> like, this is the same franchise. Mm. Um, and I do, I, I think I've really come round on the Ten Rings as an item. I think yes. they're so fucking cool now. Cool, they look great. Uh, look, I'm excited for both the sequel to this. I'm excited to some extent for the Disney Plus series because you are right, his fucking sister. Uh, that one. Uh, <laughs> shit. Fuck. What's uh, um It looks like she's going to get the Disney Plus series. Hmm. And again, if it's just Tekken, sweet. If it's not, she's not all that interesting a person. Um, but yeah, the best bit of this, I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the Twitter thread? from an actual San Francisco bus driver breaking down the San Francisco bus fight scene. Yes, I did. It's fucking excellent. Yeah. I've linked to it on the, on the written version. Please do go read it. It's wonderful. <laughs> Number three, Michael. Number three, Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. This was... I haven't seen this, so I can't critique it whether you're wrong about putting this above Spider-Man. Okay. not a problem. Yep, so um, this was also in the contest for Best Picture. Yes, it was. Amongst a number of other things, Daniel Kaluuya did win the Best Actor, um, or was it the Best Supporting? I think they were both down as supporting. They were both down as supporting, and neither of them was Which makes no fucking yeah, that, that, sense, because they both works. should have been down as lead. Because um, this is very much a, a movie of two halves between uh, Daniel Kaluuya's Fred Hampton and um, the William O'Neill being played by Lakeith Stanfield, mm-hmm. who were both fucking excellent. Yep. Like, these are incredible. Like, 
You compare the posh Kenneth days to Fred Hampton. Yeah. And it's like, this is a world of difference that anything else has ever done. He has to be like, almost like, preacher-esque. He's channeling, he's got big James Brown energy. Yeah, yeah. And it fucking works. It's so good. And it's so interesting to see the level to which the authorities were willing to take down such a small yet radical section of what would later, I suppose, be defined as the Black Lives Matter yeah, yeah. movement. You know, this was all about, you know, social progression and getting rid of segregation. And, you know, you setting this in kind of like a late 1960s Chicago, yeah. making it really gritty and really feel like it was like, you know, the 1960s, that point of change. It's This is what um, uh, Toronto Chicago 7 did really well last yeah. year. Um, and he does it again here. Uh, this film is directed by Shaka King. I really want to see more works by him. Yep. He knows exactly how to frame tension. 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 Yep. Like, all of the scenes are quite tense because um, the uh, William O'Neill character is hired by the CIA to mm. basically spy on uh, Fred Hampton, yep. give information where he's going to be. So basically, they can fucking assassinate him. Right. And this is mixed in with like, there's some later, there's like some scenes in the movie, still Lakeith Stanfield playing O'Neill, where he's talking to camera in the late 80s um, and he's like talking about what went down. Mm. And he's like, no, I don't feel, I don't feel regret. I was just doing my job. And then like they hit you with the, and two weeks after that was recorded because there's like, they show you the original footage. Yeah. Like he fucking killed himself because he couldn't deal with the guilt of basically, you know killing a messiah yeah yeah for a movement i i oh, i really want you to watch this one i think i will it's a very very good historical drama i thought you didn't like it but then i remember that was the five bloods which was different yeah the five bloods was the whole like vietnam but not whereas right. this is like no i i it's on the ground get... with the with the black panthers it's real fucking I am, good. it's gonna be on a streaming thing somewhere, you liked so. uh, black clansman right i did like black clansman. this is very much black clansman sick okay oh god right number two Rachel Turley. <laughs> my love, I didn't know she muse. was making a movie. My love, my muse, my flame. Um, very excited to marry <laughs> you in four months. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I hope you never listen to this. You've claimed that you've never listened to any of the podcasts. And usually, I, you know, I'm like, oh, you can listen to one or two. I don't want you to listen to this one. I need to maintain this secret as long as possible. You don't know I've seen Ghostbusters Afterlife. I've seen Ghostbusters Afterlife. I feel awkward. You were at a Christmas party and I had a four o'clock showing that only had two other people in it. So I thought, fuck it. I'm going to do that. I can be back before she's home. And I was. And I'm very glad I did this because fuck me, Ghostbusters Afterlife is amazing. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Please watch it. <laughs> I, I, it's, because this is the thing, right? Now, it, it, it transpired that someone hmm, hmm. is not a big fan of Ghostbusters. I'm not as big a fan as you, that's for sure. You love Ghostbusters. I like it. Well, my favourite Ghostbusters thing is probably the PS3 game. The PS3 game was... Apparently there's a new game coming. Oh, uh, boy. Ernie Hudson, actor, hmm. I can't remember his name, said uh, he's another one's coming. Ernie Hudson, actor. Ernie Hudson, you mean. Oh, because he, play, he no, plays... He, Winston's he plays Winston's Edmund. He plays Winston's Edmund. Dickhead. Um, so, a new one's coming, apparently, mm-hmm. but... The thing about Ghostbusters is, just go with me on this one, it is maybe, tonally speaking, like the only one of its kind of any yeah. movie I've ever seen. In no, terms I agree. Of, like there's nothing else that has that tone about it. In that it is a comedy movie, but it doesn't really have gags. And, you know, it's a sci-fi movie, but it's like a kind of workman sci-fi movie. 
It's magic. There's no other word for it than it's just fucking magic. And no film has ever been able to capture that, including Ghostbusters 2. Hmm. Like, it's a fucking pale imitation of that first movie. And I was worried, because obviously we had the fucking all-female reboot of it. This film that's completely ignored. Reach retroactively gained a subtitle yep. for some reason. Yep, fucking ignore that shit. Didn't happen. I was worried with this film, because I'm like, no film has ever recaptured that tone. And I just don't know if you can do it outside of the 80s. Because mm. I can really come across as fucking, like, really, like, not good. So they choose not to do that. They do a Jurassic World. In that this is a love letter to that film. Mm. And not necessarily an attempt to recreate it or be a sequel to it. And any of that jazz. It just say how much it loves that film. And how much it means to it. That And, and obviously, you know, I love fucking Jurassic World for similar reasons. And this is all this movie does, but it does it very fucking well. It's not like a complete nostalgia bait. Mm. It kind of is, but it makes it work. So the story is, this is mild spoilers, but you should have figured out that Harold, Harold Ramis has been dead for like 10 years. Mm. So Egon dies at the start of the movie. You see a live Egon doing stuff, but you never see his face. And boom, dead. And he has basically been ostracised from not only the rest of the Ghostbusters, but also from his own family. So his own granddaughter and grandson don't know him. His daughter has very vague recollections of him and just kind of hates him, basically, for abandoning um, her as a daughter, as a kid. They inherit the farmhouse. They're poor anyway. They were, they were being booted out of their house, so they have to go to move, like, bunghole nowhere, Oklahoma, to go and live in this house and figure out, like, something's happening in this town. This town, like, in the trailer, Paul Rudd's like, oh, yeah, the, tra- the, the town is shaking on a daily basis, but it has no fault line. It shouldn't be having earthquakes. And it just, it goes from there. It's real slow burn and it hits all the fucking Ghostbusters stuff you want it to. And eventually, obviously, Ghostbusters turn up Mm. and you're real fucking happy about it. But two things. One, it has an absolute fucking worldly of a performance of McKenna Grace, which is basically like, what if a 12-year-old was Egon Spangler? Mm. Like, and it it, it doesn't, uh, you almost wince for a second, but it fucking works is right? it as good as like um oh bridget lundy payne doing young um sorry doing female ted from bill and ted three yes like that kind of energy yes yeah in that it's not like uh like a parody or like a like she's trying to be egon spangler but a 12 year old girl but like like if that was actually his granddaughter and had some of his mannerisms and like quirks and mental stuff and so like that it's fucking excellent She's so good without going over the top with like being anything other than what if Egon was the main character of fucking Ghostbusters. Finn Wolfhart's in this. He's a bit of a more ancillary, but he does bring the fun into it. Paul Rudd is fucking Paul Rudd, and he's great in everything. I mean, he's Paul Rudd. He's Paul Rudd. He's doing Paul Rudd stuff. You can tell he's having the best fucking time. Does he suit up? No. Aww. He, de- he gets to do something. He's integral to the plot, and it's very, like... Of the first movie, mm. but he doesn't get to suit up. Oh. I don't want to tell you because I really want you to watch this film. Fair enough. More so, you've seen that all the other films I've fucking talked yeah. about, but please watch this movie. The ending is so heartwarming and nice. But it, this thing, it hits all the action beats you want it to, it updates the lore in ways you want it to, it has that kind of Force Awakens echo to it. Hey, Force Awakens is just a big old fucking remake of New Hope. There's lots of echoes that you only pick up on after the fact. You're like, Oh, fuck, he was fucking Ray, and he was fucking Egon, and he was fucking, um, uh, fucking Venkman, and so on and so forth. Mm. And the ending's so nice, and it leaves it in such a nice place. Like, I don't need 
any sequel to this. Mm. Not fucking necessary. I don't think it even lends itself to one, really. It's such like a fucking cap. Ignore Ghostbusters 2. There's, it doesn't matter anymore. There's the first one, and then there's this one. as two nice bookends, and they just work so well together. And please watch this movie. Mm. If I, it's the only recommendation I have of ones you haven't seen. Don't watch Evan Hansen. <laughs> That's my other advice. But yeah, it, I fucking love this film. Nice. If Spider-Man had... Uh, Spider-Man's number one. No. <laughs> Who would have guessed? I left it open because I knew it wasn't going to happen. I was like, there's nothing that Spider-Man movie could do. But any other year, this is a strong fucking contender for number one. Mm. And not necessarily just because I love Ghostbusters so much. Because I'm not the world's biggest Ghostbusters fan, but I do fucking like it a lot. It's just, oh, it's everything I need it to be. It's, oh, mm. Cool. So you know the ghost, um, not Ghostbusters. Uh, yes, yeah, Spider Man's number one. Yeah. Do you need me to? I've already banged on a bit for two hours yep. this morning anyway. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Spider Man's great, and I loved every second of it, and yep. it's the best film of the year, and you're a psychopath. Cool. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's end with a fun little exercise. I don't know what I want my number one to be. Um, there are two options. Have I seen either of them? You have seen both of them. Oh, okay. Go on. Um, my one and two, as they stand right now, yes, is number two, Bo Burnham. Yeah. Number one, Promising Young Woman. Oh, I don't know. Oh. Here's the thing, right? And this will determine what goes on the written list, and I need oh, your help. Okay. Both of them, yeah, are incredible. Yes. I think Promising Woman is just shot so fucking beautifully. There is so like the filmic language in that. Mm. I'm just like, there's that beautiful shot where there's the one red light over her. It tells a really good story that never once says the R word. No. Because it doesn't need to. No. It uses, you know, these comedic actors as a vehicle to show, like... Bo Burnham's in both of those. Bo Burnham's <laughs> in both of these. And it, like, uses that as a vehicle to, like, say... Is he the Stan Lee of the year? Uh, I think he is. He's got to be the Stan Lee of the year. Sorry, I'm it's him and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just okay. incredible. Um... So, but and, and you know he does that thing of like it shows menace in the comedy yes. and the comedy still lands even when it fucking flips the script on you mm. the ending is the only bit where I'm like is that does that ruin it I don't think it does because no. I think the thematics of like the crossing off the tallies of the people they have to get yeah. by is so fucking well done but then I look at Inside which has only come up the list as the year has gone yeah. on, when we decided it could enter the list, it entered at 10. Then it went up to five. Then it went up to three. Now okay. it's a two. And like you say, it is the perfect encapsulation of a post-pandemic life. Yes. It is a one-man show of a man yeah. that you don't know if he's going insane or no. not, or whether it's just superbly acted, shot in one location with whatever cameras and lights he could get his hands on, flits back and forth effortlessly between, you know, one minute there'll be a, a scene of him fucking breaking down in tears on the camera, the next... White is, woman! <laughs> yeah, my mother's Instagram, Instagram! Or, like, explaining why capitalism sucks, yep. or explaining how, you know, all the salamanders in fucking Silicon Valley are ruining the world. Yep. Like, this, I'm going to remember that fucking years and mm. the music is so so good and i don't know which way round they gotta okay. be i have an exercise for you nice and easy go on you meet somebody you, you, you so picture someone you know yep who would be into both of these movies yep if whichever one you would tell them to watch first is the better one mm, yeah that's the f- which one would you say like right you know you need to watch this so i think because obviously on my list 
I put Bo Burnham. But Bo Burnham was a number ten lock of a weird choice of stuff. Yeah. So do I think it's necessarily better than Promising Woman? I remember more about Bo Burnham, so I I'd give the edge there. Mm. But I think yeah, it's come down to if Caroline hasn't watched either of these. Which one would you tell her to watch first? Mm. She's Actually, watched. To be fair, this might be a problem because Rachel did not enjoy Bob and and walked out about halfway through and went to bed. Mm. So my missus did not. She's watched. She loved Promising Woman. She's a bit annoyed that it's not in the top ten. Mm. It might be by the time I write. I don't know. It's a great film. It's a brilliant film. I'm giving the edge to Bo Burnham. Fuck it. He's done it. He's come up the list from he's won silver as well. He's fine. Yeah. It's I mean, a, he's a story. he's ruled fucking music this year, so like it yeah. only makes sense that he's dominating two fucking things. And he was in Promising Young Woman, and he was probably the best character. No, he wasn't. No, Carrie Mulligan was incredible in that film. I just love it so much. It's got to be there. I'm gonna remember Inside for such a long time. There you go. And it, like you say, it perfectly. It's it's the only piece of media. Especially, did you see that there was that shitty fucking zombie movie where it's like, oh, everyone's evolving from COVID-42 or some shit no. like that. No. It's, it's, right. Yeah. So, like, the movie studios are going to be doing pandemic movies for fucking years. Oh, yeah, get ready for them. Some of the pandemic TV shows they've already started making are fucking dross. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that this is a guy trapped in a room. Yeah. And it is that good. Yeah. This is yeah. it. I think it's a you like Promising Woman is very good. Yeah, but it's not necessarily a unique film, and Inside is. It's a unique take on a film, but it's not a uh, unique yeah, film. That's what I'm saying. Like there is nothing else like Bob Burnham. There's yeah. lots of you a know, comedy special that is a one man show with no audience. That is a more gripping drama than most movies made this year. There you go. But 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 not and to give Promising Young Woman's time in the sun. I fucking love that central performance. Yeah, brilliant. I think it's it's. Avril Molina's in that movie. I just remembered. Oh, fuck you, he is. And that's like a real, like a scene that could have gone like really typical. Yeah. Uh, just like a man denying his involvement. But it's just so earnest. And then, you know, the ending may or may not spoil it for some people. I think it, it, that's the only real problem I have is the ending's a bit like... It does, but it's but it's the I, thing is nobody in that movie you're supposed to be rooting for. No, any of them. You're meant to be rooting for yeah. change, not for the characters, and that's what I liked about it. Fair enough. I just remember that her parents are fucking Stifler's mom and the Kurgan, so that's nice. Mm. Um, oh yeah, the Kurgans in it. I forgot about that. I, I get it. I, I I'm going, but there's like Black Widow probably shouldn't be in the conversation for nine because it's just a a solid Marvel movie. My problems with Black Widow are more meta in the it's pointless. Um, yeah. Which is nothing in the movie, in the context of the movie, there's nothing wrong with it. And it ruined Taskmaster. I did ruin Taskmaster. The uh, character, not the not TV Not Davis. Um, so, yeah, Promising Woman and, and Don't Look Up are very much, I could change five times for the time I actually post the fucking written version, so yeah. I get it, but, what a brilliant list, Michael. I mean, I mean, Spider-Man's at number six, but that's fine, <laughs> I guess. I knew I was going to annoy you with that. but That's yeah. fine. Well done, Bo Burnham, for dominating two forms of entertainment. If you'd released a game this year, you might have had a <laughs> Right, that's two hours and 30 minutes. Yep. Oh, boy. That's going to be fun to listen to. Uh, and there's still more to come. So you can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram at that, Michael. And you can go and find Darren on Twitter and Instagram at the Goodreads. You can find the site on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the username FowlyNT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Find us on Spotify, Podcast, Apple, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, not 
Apple Soundcloud Apple, podcast pod. Yeah. Well, um, under the username Fallon T or Fallon T podcast, depending on the service you're using. And of course, go to Fallon's for all the end of year stuff. There's still more to come. Uh-huh. Uh, the last of our couple of reviews and going into 2022, Morbius is coming. Morbius is coming and, for you. And we're a month away from Arceus. We are. That is coming yep. thick and fast. Praise be to Arceus. I really need to get Jurassic World Evolution 2 done. <laughs> Fuck me. More about that on the best games and TV of the year, which we're also going to uh, be bringing you very, very shortly, as well as a very exciting 2022 preview draft. Hell yeah. yes. You can also go listen to reviews of Spider-Man No Way Home, the sixth best movie made this year somehow <laughs> by Michael. Not top five. But uh, number one in my heart, and Hawkeye, which is a top three TV movie for TV movie TV top TV <laughs> series for me. Yes. you'll just have to tune into the, the review to find out when we've been recording all day. My voice is giving out. Bye, everybody. Bye.